0: You. Making view Making reveal. Six, six. Six. Five. Five. Four. Three. Two. One.
1: Welcome to the 111st episode of Rank and Review. This week, regular guest Jason DuBray and your host and Random Canadian Larry Parsons, that's me, are going to discuss six creature features, and uh, it's an interesting bunch. There's, there's a lot of romance, there's a lot of war, there's a lot of, a lot of intrigue, uh, a real mix bag. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you go into it with the understanding, as with every episode, that there will be coarse language, and there will be spoilers for the film's disgust. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Send your feedback to rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W. And please, tell a friend about the show. Now, off we go with episode 111. So, uh, Jason DeBray is back on the podcast And here we are to discuss Creature Features. This is Creature Features Volume 4. And I know I kind of bullied you into doing genre again.
2: No, no, I wanted this. You wanted this? You felt this coming? I wanted something uh, that I hadn't done before. I think this is my fourth time. Fourth time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And thank you for coming back. Um, I find it an interesting list of monster movies. I think, I mean, there's other layers to all of them. Mm -hmm. You could call them monster movies for the most part. But interesting, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong... I was thinking about this. I watched it all six of them fairly close together, and I found them to be, as much as I enjoyed a lot of them, relatively scare-free.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't scared I, by anything.
1: I wasn't gonna lose sleep over mm-hmm. these movies. I wasn't gonna like no. that's gonna that image is going to haunt me. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it is about like these monster movies. When you're inventing a creature, you're doing that. Like, why movies like The Descent or Jaws are so rare? Is that? I think it's. A really hard thing to do well I think people don't give enough credit to how making a really great creature feature is no easy feat it's kind of a dismissed to the side genre in yeah. a lot of ways and like I do with so many other horror genres in Rankin Review I'm here to defend okay so I'm not gonna say that all of these movies are amazing but I'm gonna come towards them as a fan <laughs> <laughs> approaching them. Yeah. okay so I think that I would approach a movie like, say, Munich with a bit of a more critical eye than I approach a movie like Tremors 5. What is Munich trying to do? What is Tremors 5 trying to do? What's behind Munich? (laughs) What's behind Tremors 5? So uh, I think this is an episode for Genre Fans, but that's okay, that's my jam. You watched these six monster movies. Are we still friends? Or? Oh yes, yeah,
2: yeah. It, it was it was nice in some ways. This is the only time I've I've done a podcast where I hadn't watched any one of the six movies beforehand, so it was a total kind That's of a cool. fresh start. And versus the last time, We've when it was mom. six uh, crime films that I am in love with, each and every one of them right. have watched many, many times, and uh, it. And yet there's that thing when in our discussion we 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 ripped some of those movies apart a lot more than we'll likely rip these movies apart yes um what was interesting to me is that throughout almost all of these films no, even there's a moment in uh, in Monsters Dark Continent there there's a bit of a a romantic uh Either subplot like yeah and it's just, in one case of one, one of the movies uh, I think the romance is actually no, predominant and uh um so that was something that I found interesting and I kind of liked uh, going through this too. Uh, the, what you're saying about uh, the magic of Jaws. Right. It's just, if you can get to that, somehow get to people's like three-year-old selves where they see something and it's just absolutely frightening. This this right. creature, <clears throat> the, the creature in the closet type of thing. That That's very rare. It, it, it's, it's magic. What would be interesting, I don't recommend this from... This, Psychological point of view but if you showed some of these movies to a three or four year old would it scare the crap out of them? Well you'd
1: be surprised the stuff that a three or four year old can handle that a five or oh, yeah. six year old couldn't. Right? Mm-hmm. To them it's like images in color it's not really it's not really fully being processed right? Yeah. I knew a little girl that would watch Aliens versus Predator with her daddy <laughs> and she was just little and bouncing on his knee and then one day the day came where that wasn't cool anymore. They yeah, recognized didn't that stopped happening. But, uh, you know, kids can take... I think they're tougher than you realize. Mm-hmm. I was, of course, watching ridiculously hard movies when I was too young. And strangely, my kids are the opposite. I have to bully them into watching, like, even, like, light movies. Oh, my is... son's been mm-hmm. getting into time travel, so I practically clockwork-oranged him into watching Back to the Future. Yeah. And he watched it, and surprise, surprise, it's awesome, right? You're yeah, right? of course. <laughs> so... Um, but he's not interested in the horror. When I was a kid, I was really, especially this type of movie, mm-hmm. if there was a giant spider or a oh, guy yeah. who can telekinetically communicate with rats or like yeah, yeah, yeah. you can just like sign me up, yeah. right? It's interesting. I, it's I interesting.
2: sometimes think these things skip generations almost. Maybe. Yeah. might be like uh, when you're when you're a grandfather or something, they'll be, you know... <laughs> I keep waiting. Let's watch The Shining Grandpa. <laughs> I keep waiting. Owen's going into
1: high school next year. Ooh. Oh wow. A- and uh, I keep waiting for the day where he will discover it. And then I'm I've uh, like I have this incredible closet cabinet just oh. jammed with classic horror movies. So if that day comes, mm-hmm. I totally have his back. But no, like right it's now scary. Jurassic World is too scary for yeah. me. You know?
2: I, th- I think that's going to change Soon. definitely in next 2 years or so. I'm, I'm teaching lots of students, and it's like the, 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 these like these sweet kids that they look like you know uh, the kid next door or something like that, and and come up to me and they just tell me how much they love horror movies, and it's uh, you know it really goes against type. And, Mr. DeBray, and have
1: you seen Last House on the Left? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I have, and I, and that's memorable. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes!
2: Yeah. Yikes! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually have that at home. (laughs) Strange coincidence.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I love me some monster movies. Um, I don't know what more I want to say before we get into it. I guess I can list off the movies we're going to. But you said you hadn't seen any of the six, but you're not mad at me. No. Like,
2: I I love watching movies. You you could give me. Mm -hmm. We could have an Adam Sandler show. I would be happy just to be be here talking. I complain about (laughs) him. I wouldn't complain about you. No. That's very sweet, Jason.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll see. I also I think perhaps with the notable exception of Tremors Five, <laughs> these are fairly patient horror movies. I think. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yes. A lot of people there because there are those Grindhouse movies. It's mm-hmm. just sort of wall to wall hamburgers, <laughs> yes. right? That it, uh, that people will rent these movies, saying, "Yeah, this can be a vicious monster movie and might be defeated by it." Um, yeah. If there was a subheading to this episode, I don't think there will be. I think it's just Creature Features Four, mm-hmm, but it would almost be patient horror because. Mm-hmm. Uh, These movies really care about character and wanting you to feel the jeopardy. So when the monster does finally show up, we care. (laughs) We care. That's the difference. In some of them, yeah. In some of them. We'll get there. Um, Okay, the six monster movies that we are going to discuss. We have the remake of Willard, Mm -hmm. starring Crispin Glover, from Glenn Morgan. Uh, He did the first and third Final Destination movies, and has largely been working in television. Otherwise, um, yeah, interesting. We're going to look at the sequel to uh, sort of cult hit Monsters. This one's called Monsters Dark Continent. Came and went with, went with very little fanfare. There's a lot of people who probably like, did they make a sequel to Monsters? I didn't even know that, but yes, they did, and we're going to talk about it. We have a romantic monster movie called Spring. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: we have Late Phases, Night of the Lone Wolf. This is from Glass Eye Picks and Larry Fessenden, who I'm a big Cheerleader at 4, mm-hmm. just like that dude. He supports low budget horror and he makes really good low budget horror. Yeah. As we mentioned several times already, Tremors 5 Tremors 5 lines. And we'll wrap it up with a really strange and interesting number called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Let's do it.
0: <sighs> Nothing goes right. What Night mom. Come in here. Willard, what an awful name. If you had a stronger name, that Frank Martin wouldn't push you around. What part of your fire don't you understand? Willard, let's go drink. I'm not hitting on you, Willard. Willard Styles didn't quite fit in. It's been a bad day. Look, everybody. Food. But he's suddenly become very popular. You're the best friends that I ever had. Now turn 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 (laughs) turn up a guy who could never get a break is about to get even out Ah! we've come to see you. They'll do anything I tell them. Turn up
1: So, uh, I don't have a great relationship with the original Willard and its sequel, Ben, from the 70s. I know the Michael Jackson song. I think Mm -hmm. everybody knows the song. I have a memory that I saw them when I was a kid, but they don't loom large in any way. It's not an important work for me, as far Mm -hmm. as I'm concerned. It existed. I saw it. I forgot it. Um, But this is in the age of every halfway popular horror movie being remade. and there's still a lot of stink in the early aughts when this Willard movie came out on on remakes I was guilty of this too I was like must they remake everything I was just sort of default shields up to remakes I was just Mm -hmm. disappointed so many times just like come up with a new idea or remake a bad movie stop stepping on shit that I like Mm -hmm. so I didn't rush to Willard (laughs) but I found my way to it and I don't know, I'm, it, it's, I'm confused about my emotions about the movie. There's stuff in it that I do really like. I think that if you're going to have an over-the-top villain, you can do yourself a great favor by hiring Arlie Ermey, right? If you mm. want someone to play bad with great enthusiasm, he's going to be there for you. And uh, as we were talking about, Laura Herring? Herring, yeah, Herring said, or Haring, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, as I always thought of, the chick from Mulholland Drive... <laughs> um, she's pretty in the movie and i guess she's in the movie but when all is said and done i'm wondering what she contributed to the movie, right it's so uh and the biggest question mark and i will hand this over to mm-hmm. you yes, to sure. is, uh crispin glover an interesting figure oh, right yeah. <laughs> is crispin glover in playing our main character willard a man who manages to a uh, psychic connection with rats and uses this connection to exact some revenge uh, is he giving us a layered performance of somebody's psychological deterioration, or is he just Crispin Glover? <laughs> That's, I guess, where I would start with
2: here. <laughs> I like all those questions <laughs> a lot. Uh, L- Laura Haring-Haring, we'll start with her. Um, I was so happy to see her in this movie. And obviously, I, I didn't rush to this film, too, because right. it's 13 years old, and uh, I've just watched you it. You just so, watched it last week. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I remember, what, and I, I don't think I knew about the original, but I remember when it came out in theaters, and I had no interest in seeing it right. at, at that time. Um, but then I, I heard that it was actually good. It, it didn't get the worst reviews ever. Right? But it sort of stayed around. It was, it was so funny because, you know, I... I tried to find these movies on my own um, through various various ways, and to me, th- this was the most identifiable movie that we're we're talking about today, to and it was the hardest to find. Weird, I had to borrow your copy, yeah. which I haven't had to do uh, before. <laughs> so, um, and, and I, I just don't know why it is that movies like this that just are only, they're from the twenty first century. Why can't you get them even at high tech game no, traders somewhere. or places like that? Yeah. Um, yeah and i interestingly enough i could get the original yeah more easily than i can get this one so Strange. anyway with her uh, performance i think it's another one of those things where i'm so happy to see her in in something else i yeah, you know, i think of her as as the other uh star of maholland drive um and she has a real presence on screen it's a very very unique presence uh she's not flashy in what she does I, I think she was the victim of writing in this case. Hmm. That it's again, it's a male writer that had had like this is the only person, human being who cares and is decent towards Willard, and she has empathy for him, she, and it she actually does.
1: grows to a genuine warmth.
2: Yeah, and I I don't completely know why why that is, and she's just one of, one of these people who you know likes the underdog or, you know, there is a bit of a suggestion that she, she has, may have a crush on Willard. That might be just my take on it. Um, it's and sort Mateus. of that mother
1: figure. She wants to, like, comfort him and make him feel better and she pities mm-hmm. him and somehow that can get distorted into <laughs> something else. Yeah. But I found myself debating, the same way I was debating with Crispin's letter, like, Is it a weak script for her? Is it that she doesn't have anything to do, or is it like she's very beautiful and in a strange way very cinematically beautiful? Like she seems to belong on screen. Mm -hmm. But I was like, is her performance flat, or is her character just not that interesting? And I was actually kind of having that debate.
2: I I thought there'd be a payoff with her character a lot more than there was. The, The best, her best scene, as far as anything that she gets to do, is when. She she tells off. It's not telling off the boss, but the boss's secretary. Yeah. Um. And and she quits. Yeah. Just just out of protest for.
1: Because they were firing Willard, and they yeah. were so cruel to him. Yeah. She just and, couldn't stand and so so she, to work there anymore.
2: Yeah. And and she'd had enough. Um. The rest of the time, she's just kind of there. And yeah, I I I'm not sure that I completely blame her. She she does do better, I think if she's working with somebody like, like David Lynch who can And yet
1: she had a weirdly uh, otherworldly quality in that movie. Yeah. It was like she fit into Lynch world. I'm mm-hmm. um, just like I don't I don't know if it's her script. Again, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. have an answer for you. <laughs>
2: well and I mean I, I haven't seen a ton of, of movies that I basically these two are the the, the main ones. ones and uh, it could be that, and it's a little bit of my criticism of Willard, I, I'm not gonna be too too critical of it, but uh, great cast. Yeah. Um but were any of these were any of these roles a stretch for any of these people? Arlie Ermey has been better at this type of thing in in, in other films, but exactly you know, I would I would cast him in yeah. in this role every time. Crispin Glover as you said, he's very interesting. He walked away from one of the most uh, successful. history. the Um history. Yeah, um, and, and I was too young to, to understand that he'd left after the first film. Yeah, um, and and then the movies he's done. Well, he he's been in some Lynch films too, I think, and yeah, a few Lynch. other yeah, things. He, but he he yeah. he's not a regular presence in a lot of films. You and,
1: certainly don't see him anchoring a movie very often no I, this was he's usually the quirky villain or the quirky friend right i just talked about him in uh, what's he in gilbert grape yeah that's he right was, yes. like the mortician with mm-hmm. a really weird sense of humor and there's something a little off about him <laughs> and that's if you want to have a character where there's something a little off about him i can see you considering Crispin Glover because he's an odd duck and he seems to his focus in his career seems to be more about being an odd duck than about <laughs> you yeah. know anything else in a lot of ways he's true to himself and like uh I remember talking about him in a Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter. <laughs> oh he yeah, he does yeah, this yeah. absolutely ridiculous dance in it, and I remember thinking, "Oh, that's got to be the most cringy eighty thing. Like he's got to hate himself for that." No, that was no. all Crispin. That was he, all he came up with that. that yeah. He chose that move. That was no. This is how, if he was in a club, that's how Crispin was going to do mm-hmm. his jam. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, if you know a little bit behind the scenes, Chris McLevver wasn't their first choice by actually a significant degree. Oh, really? Uh, Doug Hutchinson? Oh, yes. Uh, from the Green Mile and yep. other things uh, was originally going to be their Willard, but there was... I could see that. He got... he'd worked with them, because then Morgan worked on The X-Files, and he'd done an episode of The X-Files. Yes, that was a good episode. Too. And uh, so he wanted... he just liked the guy's look, thought he could, you know, he could really do this hudgeson's career went up he had other things he was doing and they kept on having to push back and push back and push back the schedule because they couldn't find their willard they went to mark ruffalo they went to like all sorts of different people and finally they came to crispin glover and they even had to wait the shoot for several months for crispin glover to finish another thing. like it really messed with their production Hmm. um so I don't think Glenn Morgan's like, yeah, Crispin Glover as Willard, this is, this is my movie, right? He, yeah. kind of, he kind of got there. And that's where I was sort of wondering, like, is this just Crispin Glover being weirdo, or is he making choices for Willard, or is he making choices for Crispin? Unfortunately, this was a huge bomb, this movie. And it was mm-hmm. the first of two remakes that Glenn Morgan made, and the first of two bombs that he made, mm-hmm. and he sort of crawled back to television and never come back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Black Christmas deserved to bomb because Mm -hmm. it just didn't do justice to the original and it's kind of a sloppy slasher movie.
2: I think Willard
1: kind of gets a bad rap. Like, I don't want to get feverishly excited about it, but it's underrated.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I I was entertained from uh, the beginning to the end. Um, I kind of thought, in a way, it was, stylistically, it was a marriage of Hitchcock and Tim Burton. Right. Neither of them would have necessarily completely touched this material. I could see Burden getting into something with rats, but not quite to this level. Um, So I thought the style worked really well. I thought Crispin Glover uh, was right for this role. He makes sense. It makes sense. I I didn't see a huge problem. He he gives the best performance in the film, I I think. Uh, And I... Uh, there were just a couple moments where and this is where I think I saw him a little bit more I, I think he can sometimes operate way up here with his acting style so he would have these these Big giant hands. moment that didn't seem psychologically motivated they weren't built up um, so he would start screaming about something and he's shaking and then um, and maybe that's where he's comfortable Yeah. but getting from the uh, passive-aggressive uh, Willard, who you'd see his eyes moving, and he's holding back all of his feelings, to these explosions. I, I didn't see the the in-between. Transition. There. Yeah,
1: I think he's better at playing the roiling. Like, when, when he's being humiliated mm-hmm. at work, and he's just sitting oh, and yeah. taking it. Yeah. And when he's sitting in the basement, when he first starts to figure out his powers with the rats, and he's getting to tear up the newspaper, and at first it's amusing him, and then he yeah. realizes like it dawns on his face... I think that that boil works. But that's that's great. That's, that's good. That, that stuff is
2: best, probably the best stuff. And mm-hmm. When
1: he goes big, there's actually it's one of the climactic moments of the movie. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. His best friend Rat Socrates, unfortunately, is
2: crushed, squished at work, and he can't do. He's there. He can't do anything he about can't it. Can't do
1: anything yeah. about it, and it's devastating to him. He loses his mom, and uh, who wasn't very nice to him, but was still no. his mom, and Socrates, which really was his best friend. And, and his, his father and too. His job, which is basically his last connection to his father. Right? Yeah. So everything is being chipped away and chipped away, and that stuff works fine. But when he finally has this confrontation with Ben, after Socrates is gone, and he uses Ben mm-hmm. to to get the troops together and take the revenge.
2: We should mention that Ben is the big rat. He's yeah, the is pa- the the villain. Rat. The, <laughs> yeah. There's a good, yeah, and a bad, and Socrates is the good. And Ben is, yeah, the wild child. Ben, ben is, is pure evil.
1: <laughs> and he's also twice the size of all the other rats. He's yeah. a different kind of rat. It's like some African rat that they brought in. Um, but yeah, there's a scene where he's trying to make up with Ben. They had a little <laughs> difference of opinion. And he brings this grocery bag full of food and he says, It's all for you, Ben! And then he dumps the bag on top of the rat and the, gets snapped in a trap and wounded. And Crispin Glover just goes off the charts. Oh. I hate you, Ben. I loved Socrates, but I hate you. Yes. And it's so big that it I is. laugh. It, it and is. I yeah. don't think that moment was supposed to be a laugh moment, but at the same time, I didn't hate it. Like, because it was a little bit bonkers. But like, I don't think that when glenn morgan wrote the script that was a laugh line <laughs> Do you know what i mean
2: maybe, you never know with these things i mean where where yeah he was maybe trying to create a a genuine horror movie and just as things work themselves out uh with the cast then their points were okay we're we're in on we're being kind of ironic with, yeah. with this and no, well, they have some fun with it. There's they have it some throughout, fun like him. the cat business. Mm-hmm. The,
1: cat the this sequence the house is so, of rats. This, the, yeah, <laughs> so
2: this, yeah. So this woman brings to to make Willard feel better after his mother has died. This, this cat, <laughs> and 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 he's he just doesn't want her in the house because she'll discover all the, the colony things. of rats. Yes, hundreds of <laughs> yes. Hundreds of rats. So s- slips this cat in and. Um, the T V accidentally <laughs> goes on to uh what was it, easy listening station and it happens to be a, a version of Ben plays and it's beautifully filmed as this cat tries to escape all of these rats that uh that want want to eat it. Well Ben watches uh manipulates things so the cat gets yeah. uh and Devoured. The meantime, and we never hear about the cat ever again. No, but no, the cat's not living through the head. <laughs> No, no. And they are uh, still cheering for the cat. I have no idea why. There's
1: some nasty business where you know the woman goes to use the bathroom, and we know that the rats have been coming out mm. through the toilet. Yeah, so there's yeah. some primal There's going to be something vulnerability there. Um, so they do. It's not that they don't have a sense of humor, but I think that the tone of the film was probably a lot gloomier. Before Crispin Glover arrived. Mm-hmm. As to whether that hurt or helped the movie, I'm not a hundred percent. Like I'm saying, it's it's like a, a, a maybe a, a B minus type of movie. I'm not like it's not over the mm-hmm. moon for it. It's it's a worth a look. But it certainly didn't deserve the shunning that it seemed to receive. I get no. I get that Arlie Ermey is a bit of a cartoon, and I get that Crispin Glover is a little bit over the top, but this is a movie about a dude who psychically controls rats. Mm-hmm. And uh, that stuff bothers me way less than the fact that a lot of those rats look too shiny and clean. Particularly Ben. Like, I get Socrates, because he's sort of the loved, precious rat, looking kind of mm. cute and spotless. But Ben looked like he could have been sold at a pet shop, and he was supposed to be, you know, this he could have
2: looked, yeah, I suppose he could have looked more just, just put more some oil,
1: grease him up, make him look dirty, you it's, know what I mean?
2: This film, what one thing I, I guess, and this is interesting, that because I said I wasn't going to be as critical as right. I am. And this is actually one of the ones I, this list that I really liked, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I want to make that clear, but this uh, is another movie that suffered. I, I saw a movie last night, much better than any of the ones we're talking about, uh, the Spielberg film, The Post. Right. And it, it, it really sticks to, we need the PG 13 rating as did Willard. Right. And sometimes I feel that aspects of films compromise, to try to avoid going... R used to be fine in 70s, 80s, and 90s, but now um, we can't have an R-rated movie because we're cutting off Too the 12-year-olds the, the or whatever. And so I think a lot of the touches that we're talking about um, were... They really held back on some things so that Willard wouldn't have an R rating. Yeah. But it should be an R-rated movie. I mean, what is... You know, what's the point in having to be PG 13? Well, you it, know, we, we, we do kids we, want we, to
1: see that movie, I guess would be the question. My kids don't, but <laughs> uh, again, but I think want, so. They don't want to chip away the date audience, right? And it's also that age group, the 18 to 25ers, that will see a movie like five or six times in a the theater if they like it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us old folks will see it maybe once, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, so, I like it's a, it's a fiscal decision, and if that's not made for art, and this was a certain.
2: studio, I think is this the only studio? No, that's not completely true. Like other studios are kind of connected, but this is the most this is most, the most Hollywood bad. film mm-hmm. of the six we're looking at. Yeah, and so I'm sure there were all kinds. Even the re, you know, this constant recasting and yeah. trying to find their lead that feels like this their studio had their hand in this film but in places
1: like i don't know i've sort of got a soft spot for glenn morgan uh Mm -hmm. i think i thought that he he and his partner had to take over millennium the the second season of millennium which i think is a probably better standalone season than anything the x-files came out with Mm. (laughs) like i think that there was really good stuff they've been doing interesting things in television yeah but he just seems to go from failed tv show to failed tv show until they revitalized the x-files it's been kind of dark days. It's been tough for him, yeah. I feel. So, I'm always on his side. And, and I he's a talented
2: of, filmmaker. He doesn't yep. suck. He doesn't no. suck. No, if people I would tell it if you if you are interested in a genre movie like this, I think people should see it. Yeah. More people should see it if you can find it. <laughs> Good luck with it. Yeah, I, I, I hope they find a way to make some of these movies a lot more accessible because that's the other problem is that they throw them away and then we can't lost. We, we, we can't find them and they are kind of lost. Uh, and and I think people will be entertained. He, probably the star of the film is the filmmaker yeah. uh, as a director. I think perhaps maybe a little bit more than as a as a writer, but. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a solid film. Um, yeah, most of my criticisms are pretty picky. I mean, I, to criticize a movie because they have character actors as kind of the three leads, that's... That who cares? I mean, yeah. They're very good at the types of roles that they play. And, and, and I liked all three. Maybe this is not Arlie Ermey's best. I, no. But I, that's another example where I, the R-rated Arlie Ermey right. <laughs> was needed in this film right. a little bit more. Like, what's... He's kind of berates in safe...
1: It's not Sergeant Hartman from Full Metal Jacket, but no. it's recognizable, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Seek it out.
0: Monsters surround but they ain't scaring me In the land of sand where they only speak Arabic Far from home, I know they be missing me. My girl on the phone, dreaming and kissing me. Out here with Sergeant Forrest, but he ain't no gun. Got the rifle in the hand, making all your mama's jump. From the D, man, you know. Hose and thugs. Lay it down like a king. Catching giant sandbars.
1: Monsters Dark Continent, written or co written and directed by a British fellow named Tom Green. Mm -hmm. Not a Canadian weirdo named Tom Green. (laughs) Different Tom Green. Um I have a good relationship with the first monsters movie, and that uh, it was it had a nice reputation. I got my hands on the DVD I watched it, and I remember really liking it and thinking, I guess my biggest beef with it is that for a movie called Monsters <laughs> there's not a lot of monsters in it
2: <laughs> it's it's an uh, odd
1: yeah it, it's more of like this journey movie of the relationship between these two characters. so when I watched the original monsters for the second time, I ended up actually no, liking it a lot more because I was prepared for whatever, instead of expecting a jump around every corner, I, I knew what it was. So I kind of felt like I was well calibrated going into Dark, uh, dark Continent. Yeah. Um, the original director, whose name is escaping me, went on to direct the uh, Godzilla movie and the, most, the Rogue One the Star Wars movie. He, uh, Monsters was really a good sort of platform for him and it was enough of a cult hit that here comes this sequel. Um, so I guess I'm surprised and happy to say that I think that Dark Continent is actually twice the movie (laughs) that Monsters is, and I'm really surprised to say that. I like Monsters, it's a good movie, but it's a rare thing when you have a sequel completely where the reins of the, the creative reins are completely handed over to a completely new group of people, completely adjacent to the original, that they come up with something that, in my opinion, is actually an improvement shocking but is it just because it sideswiped me that <laughs> I feel this way or uh, is it I don't know <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying do you feel like they've upped their game here
2: I, I feel like our, our lists aren't going to match this time no, no based on that name. it was in your introduction um, so I just looked it up here monsters the, the original First, one was uh, Gareth, Ed- Gareth Edwards, Edwards. is name. the name yeah 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 um, okay back to uh, I, I really really liked monsters right um, again, I watched it in preparation for for this. And you hadn't seen it before. I hadn't seen it before, yeah. and um, part of me really enjoyed the fact that the monsters happen to be kind of on the side. And it was just a really interesting story in Mexico of of these these two characters and, and just threw the, a forbidden yeah, zone. forbidden zone Zone and, and the romance that develops. Uh, I thought it wasn't uh, it wasn't clichéish in any way. Uh, and all the obstacles they encounter along the way and I, I thought the the ending of that was was about perfect right. and you did have like the the special effects pay off at the climax of the gas station in that movie yeah monsters dark continent I hated it. Hate it I hated it I, I really was it I was excited because I because because the I, I liked the first one so much this one was it felt like it was a movie done in the style of uh kind of a a hurt locker type of business it's uh uh these detroit guys sign up for the military and it's their last day and they're uh so they're partying up with drugs and booze and sex and women and all this stuff in the meantime one of them's had a had a a child and the wife is saying, Oh well, please protect him when Make you're sure over there home. yeah but I, I, I'm not sure if he was the first one killed or whatever and <laughs> it, was, it was like, okay, I predicted that five minutes into the film uh, but then I, I was willing to go along with it. I was, okay, so this is a different story, a different take on things, and the last one was the last one was about Mexico, and this one is, and I don't know if it's, it's supposed yeah, to be Iraq re- or
1: they've relocated the the catastrophic Whatever it is, the alien landing. In the original film, it's in the Southern Americas. And in this film, either there's another one or somehow it's moved to Middle East, right?
2: I I feel like it's spread. Yeah,
1: But, like, I don't know how it crosses the ocean. It's not clear. But we've relocated. We're in a different part of the world. This is, like, they're dealing with insurgents as well with monsters, uh right? Well, I guess I'll... uh, There are things in it that are sort of familiar if you watch military genre movies right the dude who just had a baby the hot-headed guys who are all gung-ho but aren't really genuinely prepared for what they're about to face no. we've seen this dynamic before and yes the movie is in that sort of headset of the hurt locker or probably more closely related to a, a battle los angeles or that uh, district uh, nine the, yeah. That, that yeah south african one i think that's more the vibe that they're going for I think what happens is, is like they spend a good forty minutes in Detroit with these guys, yeah. getting them here, Way too getting long. them oriented, and I, that's what I think most people said because this movie was largely dismissed. But again, I go back to what I said, especially in these military guys when they're all wearing the fatigues and they're all screaming, and you got the shaky camera. It's hard to even differentiate who's doing what in some action sequence in these types mm-hmm. of movies. And what I think this movie did with that 40 minutes, and they spent 40 minutes doing it, is I knew all of those characters before they started to get picked off.
2: You did? I did. Wow. So I, I didn't. About them. I didn't. No, I got to. I was so annoyed by them. I didn't like <laughs> them. I thought, okay, when they get over there, I'm going to. There's going to be something in here where I'm going to care about these characters. Right. I didn't start to care about anybody until they were all dead except for two. Right. And then we have the two main main actors, this this grizzled uh, commander or whatever who's done 17 tours um, as a, you know, uh, there's all this stuff about this, fami- this family happened. and he can't relate at home which I've seen. Again, I thought they borrowed quite heavily from American Sniper mm-hmm. with that character and they even have him looking like Bradley Cooper with the facial hair and everything um one of the big problems i have with the movie though is we're down to the two characters and it start, to me the film started to settle down a little bit somewhere in the late in the second act and <clears throat> i thought okay now now i'm going to start to come around to liking this film but uh and let me get the gentleman's name here um johnny harris who plays that character he's such a bad actor he's the only time he's comfortable is when he's screaming and yelling and and emoting and very rarely is it is it psychologically motivated uh he was annoying um and i thought well finally i'm going to care about two characters and i was starting to to like that relationship and then uh and then he goes off the charts again and so i, I actually would have been happiest in this movie uh if again the the monsters play almost no role in this. I, I I wanted the monsters to come in and kill all yeah, of the human characters. Uh, I don't know what they could do after that, but yeah, I, well, I... I don't know. I, I yeah, guess... I, I, I thought it was kind of a rip-off of a Hollywood war genre. It was a little bit racist in places, I, I might argue. Uh, well, I can't sugarcoat it. I just completely disagree. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I and, that's and that's fine. It's disagree. fine. I'm glad you liked it um, more. I, I just...
1: Here's the thing, like... What I, my problem with Battle Los Angeles, and this is a movie that I liked, mm-hmm. was, it was this raw, raw, gung-ho, practically recruitment video for the military. And yeah. that's the price you pay for having military cooperation in your film. Yeah. If you want to actually have military guys do your shit, mm-hmm. then you can't even have even the slightest flaw in any one of those characters, right? Mm-hmm. All of these characters, without exception, are deeply flawed. Now maybe that's the other end of the spectrum maybe it's unfair to say that they're all rah rah america perfect and Mm -hmm. it's unfair to say that they're all somehow naive or damaged Mm -hmm. maybe the truth lives somewhere in between but i always see the noble you know brave altruistic soldier and i almost never see the naive it's going to be awesome to go blow up some monsters yeah these guys are idiots and like the way they're portrayed at the beginning of their last night, the guy's wife just gave birth, mm-hmm. and he ditches her to go, mm-hmm. you know, snort coke off of a hooker with a bunch that's of his why buddies, I was, right?
2: That's why I couldn't like these characters from the beginning. I'm just... And I, and I, I get, Where is it set? you said it before. Detroit. Where do the military tend to recruit? Detroit.
1: The poorest possible mm-hmm. cities. Yeah. Why? Because they're looking for these guys to exploit, to throw into a meat grinder that they do not understand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: it's true like I saw truth in that I also like the way like the first movie I was sort of sideswiped by how in the background the monsters are in this movie like all again it's like I got half an hour into the movie and the guys are in this warehouse and you see what you think is a dog fight but it's a fight between a dog and this weird mm-hmm. alien creature and that's the first glimpse all of a sudden you're like, oh right there's fucking monsters in this movie mm-hmm. which told me that I was getting caught up in the story like, oh, that oh, right, there's a monster here. <laughs> uh, they stayed true to the vibe of the original monsters, and that the monsters are the problem that they're there to deal with, but that's I not what the that. movie's about.
2: I didn't feel that, I felt like they were it was a little bit more of an American, okay, you know, people from the Middle East are uh, uh, are the villain here. Uh, did you have do we really have a, a three dimensional character? We have that one woman that. Uh, uh, the soldier, um, kind of the central character, and I think he was good. I, he was the guy who was uh, had no family, but, and he just had his friends. Of course, they all get massacred. Okay. He does. Yeah, um, I liked him. I believed him. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I there were there's much criticism, and I'm not gonna really defend American Sniper here about how <clears throat> all anybody who wasn't uh caucasian and american was was two-dimensional right. i felt that same thing here and i don't know maybe i shouldn't have uh the same expectations Again, for i didn't think the movie was
1: about them in a lot of the, it was about those military guys we stayed with them until they was basically none of them left right we were stuck in their perspective and their perspective is that those people don't really have an identity i'm not defending that perspective i'm saying it's fucking accurate <laughs> right
2: yeah it could be <laughs> perspective but
1: and uh,
2: I, I think there were opportunities in there to
1: just how they incorporate the creatures like those galloping horse-like creatures that came along the procession of vehicles when you first saw them like they blended into the environment so completely that I wasn't even sure if they were a creature if it was like a horse that had some shit draped over the back of it but
2: okay. uh, I could tell there were special effects the whole time it I, I, really, uh, I haven't
1: seen those creatures before, hmm. right? Well, that those was the uh,
2: upgrade or whatever. We didn't see Gallifer them before. And in, what you uh, call, those yeah. big
1: sort of Cthulhu monsters, I've seen versions of those before. But again, they're like these massive mountain-sized things lumbering around in the background. And they'll call in these bomb drops and blow them up. And whatever civilians happen to go in the wayside. Now, the character that I think you're underselling, the guy who ends up going crazy, he starts trying to keep the group together, trying to keep these naive idiots from Detroit who are here to get honor and glory who have no fucking idea what they just volunteered for he's trying in vain to keep them alive and failing miserably and despite all of that he's keeping his shit together what's the thing that breaks him Jason it's finding a busload of dead children that he's probably responsible for Mm -hmm. and at first he just goes to the bus looking for provisions he's like tossing the corpses around trying to find water Mm -hmm. to drink And they find one kid that's still alive, and he thinks that the merciful thing to do would be to just put him out of his misery. And the kid fights him off, fights him off. And then he does get rescued. People show up just in time to take him back. He ends up dying eventually anyway, but I think in his head, the fact that he was about to kill this little kid just before rescue arrived, the fact that he just sorted through that bus of dead bodies, and the fact that he would failed so completely to keep these kids alive which was his main job other than the mission you know hmm. he didn't even get to succeed the way he was going to rescue them. they were all corpses long before they got there mm-hmm. he failed as utterly as he could and it destroyed him hmm. and i felt for him
2: see okay so going back to the the training session or whatever when they all i i didn't see that actors being particularly comfortable with the softer moments right. when he's screaming and yelling at them and calling names which we mentioned earlier me in uh, Full Metal Jacket in the previous review it's it's not in that league at all and I've seen that type of character in a million military films um, and then later on I I mean I had a different take on his motivation there I, I thought he was upset that he couldn't put the kid out of his misery and and he took it out. Like I, I didn't get that. I wasn't getting the idea that he felt he had failed, and that's where, that's where all of that the, the theatrics in the third act came from. There's some beautiful images in there that that sequence with all of the monsters. Uh, I'm not sure it's meant to be beautiful, but uh, the lighting. You know, it, the
1: spores or whatever. Yeah,
2: I I, 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 liked, I liked the look of that. I mean, it's, <clears throat> but I. I I have trouble getting behind a movie where I don't care about anybody, and I, I simply didn't care about anybody in this. And... Ambitious
1: horror movies just are such a rare thing, and there was two of them last year, A Cure for Wellness and this one, that were super ambitious, and I oh, think yeah, really, a... really tried something, and they both ate dirt. Nobody gave a shit, and it breaks my heart. I'm glad that things like It were popular. That's good for horror, mm-hmm. but... I miss a good ambitious horror movie, and because this movie ate shit, and because Cure for Wellness ate shit, I guess the good news for you is we're going to see a lot less movies like these. <laughs> but I think it was a complex monster movie, and that that's rare.
2: The other thing is kind of, and, and maybe it's me projecting my expectations on this movie. I wanted to find out what happened to the uh, human characters from the original. I was I was really interested in. I was totally invested in those characters, mm. and so I thought, okay, this is. This is a this is a horror genre or or horror sci-fi thing, thing you know. <laughs> um, uh, perhaps a franchise because I wouldn't write off an, another film just because this one didn't do all that well. Um, as we talk about Tremors later on, yes. and, you know. So, and I I thought this is about the humans, and you mentioned you know kind of District Nine and some other movies like that. This is about the humans and then the, the monster things in the background. And so I'm looking forward to, okay, it's not the same story. This is, we've got Detroit. We've got the Middle East. But I will be invested in, in the human characters, and I'll want to go on this this journey with them. Uh, and I didn't. I just did not like these guys. I I just I couldn't get behind them. And
1: to go with the least subtle approach ever, I would say that the title Monsters refers to everyone and everything in the he's a monster
2: yeah yeah uh, do you have a problem with this dark continent they're calling it a dark continent Middle East is the dark continent well too. I mean
1: again I guess it's it's what you want to take but if you want to be offended by that yeah absolutely I, mean, I, think I, I don't know if we need to be offended by everything but I know but if you want to be offended by it you could I think they're trying to make a sinister title for a horror movie and they probably weren't thinking too deeply about it okay. I don't think they're consciously trying to offend anyone in fact I would argue the opposite I know you feel differently uh, when that main character goes crazy and starts pulling the trigger on that on these these civilians he figured it feels they're responsible either they killed the military kids that he was there to rescue or they know who did either way in his mind they're fucking guilty mm-hmm. and uh for me it wasn't why did you shoot that guy it was why did it take you so long to shoot that guy where was this going he was gonna murder that dude and he fucking mm-hmm. did right but uh it was complex the drama worked for me i mean i know it didn't for you but i will i will defend this movie and i frankly wish there were more like it okay <laughs> look man you you need to change up your environment you're the most attractive person i've ever seen
2: go out with me tomorrow night no no Buongiorno.
0: do you remember my name You never
2: told me scusa you're learning. donne sono del del mondo. And you're
1: not afraid to embarrass yourself. That's that's good. I'm Evan. Louise. Been seeing this Italian girl.
2: She's really pretty. So I only get to see you at night. Our
1: nights together must remain a secret.
2: She acts kind of weird sometimes, and I found something that gives me some doubts. Are you really from around here?
0: I'm half undiscovered science, bunch of confusing biochemistry, and some crazy hormones. You probably lie a lot.
1: I've actually never lied to you. Even I'm a straight to myself.
0: I have a medical condition that comes and goes, and it's a very long story.
2: I gotta make sure you're the kind of crazy I can deal with. Italian women.
0: The best. I think you could be the love of my life don't think you're ready for where this is going.
1: I think a lot of people dream of spending a summer in Italy and maybe uh, having a romance with uh, you know, <laughs> a beautiful woman. And uh, the main character, Evan, in Spring is doing that, also sort of bouncing off of the tragic, miserable death of his mother and uh, him being in a depressed place. He's doing exactly that. He's just trying to shake out the cobwebs, deal with his grief, Mm -hmm. and soak in some sun and soak in some culture. And he meets an interesting woman named Louise, who uh, is absolutely gorgeous and who they vibe together really, really well. And she approaches him. Yeah. He suspects, though, there's something weird about it. There's something off about it. He thinks that maybe she's the drug addict or there's Mm -hmm. another boy in the background. There's another shoe that's about to drop. But is it because, you know, he's this damaged place, or is it because, perhaps, she's actually a creature that needs to feed on people who stay alive? Despite that, I think that the romance is very genuine. In fact, I would probably argue that the romantic element of this movie is what works the best about it. Mm-hmm. I mean... It, people may not think it would be doing it a disservice to say that it's a much more successful romance than a horror movie but I think that that can be true and that I can still recommend the movie Right? <laughs> uh, it's a different horror movie like so many of the ones in the list yeah. that we're talking about I haven't seen a movie like this before it's obviously very low budget it's an uh, in, in independent production but it's got a lot of heart and it's hard to dislike for that I don't think it's for everyone, but for this guy sitting right here, I'm a fan of Spring. Not foaming at the mouth, but definitely confident thumbs up.
2: Yeah, this was the the great surprise to me of the list because yeah. um, uh, I again I didn't know a whole lot about it, <clears throat> and I tried. I, I want to go in with a fresh mindset, so I just watch the movie. I don't no, know, look up good. anything ahead That's of time. And and so it starts off, it's interesting. Again, that's another kind of sub theme throughout is this this mother uh business, these uh a dying mother and how that impacts the the male protagonist. Right. Uh so it starts off with quite a <clears throat> quite a sad scene and then and then there's there's a few scenes where I thought, okay, this this movie is probably going to annoy me. Mm-hmm. Uh it's all the stuff back home. The, like this is that I think it was the night of the funeral and he's in this bar with his friend and then you he know, he hits you know. on this girl and then the girl's boyfriend shows up and then gets into this fight and i think he worked at the bar or something like that so he loses his job because yeah. he beats up this guy who des- deserves to be beat up and then there's all this kind of, of kind of low rent kevin smith dialogue. 1990s dialogue that happens and i think they're trying really hard to make kind of this New Jersey indie mm-hmm. neighborhood guy film then he hung over he decides to go to Italy yeah. and to me that's where the movie started and it's, it is a, a low budget independent film yet um, with that are some of the most beautiful shots the cinematography in this film is, is is gorgeous, and it was not what I was expecting, especially the first twenty minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But he and this this magnificent uh, score that goes along with it too. So they they made the most of what they had. Um, and then he meets the woman. It's always suspicious when this uh, dream pretty girl pretty comes pretty out pretty. and and falls for this guy. And there, there's a few warnings. He he ends up traveling around with uh, I think they're. They're British, right? These a couple of British guys who yeah. are busting his balls uh, a lot. Again, they were kind of an, another offshoot of a Kevin Smith type of character. And Kevin Smith of the 1990s, I guess, a little bit more. And again, I wasn't sure I liked them either. But then we got into this really interesting relationship. And, uh, and that's when the, the, the two performances were were marvelous and as i've stated with the other the other reviews i guess acting is really important to me in this none of these screenplays are going to be winning awards Uh, um so then it's it's kind of up to how good is the director and how good is the cast and they were awesome yeah and i didn't completely know where this thing was going um this kind of creature that's a, a very unique creation i mean other other things we're talking about we're talking about vampires we're talking about werewolves we're talking about uh, rats and i yeah this was this was so unique and such a well thought out idea um and it's it's beautiful and i i was amazed at any one of these movies that i was kind of touched at the end of it and about a, a perfect ending well here's did thing. you like the ending well
1: i want to talk about the ending but i want to get there <laughs> mean, okay yeah so yeah, he's really suspicious of this girl and he's not sure, like, he likes her because it would be impossible not to be, like, attracted you know. to that Plus,
2: woman. she's also... She's not just... Uh, she's she's just not standing there looking pretty. I mean, she has a personality. She'll uh, she'll bust his chops as much as anybody else. I mean, there's...
1: I, I think the moment I knew the movie had me... Well, first of all, let me just defend a little bit the beginning of the movie. Because okay, sure. I think there's something conscious happening there. That blow-up at the restaurant or at the bar in the fight, that was all... Bubbling over from the death of his mother. The grief. That was that was not him being an asshole necessarily. I didn't think he was. He was no. Uh, I think that what they were trying to do by making it that arch was make the world of Italy such a different and better place than the world he came from. The sunshine, the warmth. That old farming guy that I really love. Oh, that was Phoenix such a great Central, character. Yes. A really warm relationship between those two and. Uh, uh, but I think the moment, I think that's why it was that way, is what I'm saying. Just to mm-hmm. make Italy almost a, a, a different world. It's a fair comment. Right. Um, but there's a scene after they've uh, had sex for the first time, and he realizes that he doesn't know like how to get a hold <laughs> of her, where she is, and he sees her, and he follows her into the store, and he starts talking to her, and it's like she's ghosting him for a second. Like she's like, Who are you? I this. And then as soon no, he was watching the scene, I was like, oh no this is and I realized producer. that I really cared like I gave a shit. Yeah. like what are you doing to this guy like for it and then she's just fucking with him yeah I know <laughs> that was such a good scene yes but, but when that when I was watching it for the first time that was the moment that I realized that the movie had me because mm-hmm. like it was like don't do this don't do this to him I was already cheering for the relationship yeah and I think that's the thing. If, if that works for you, the movie will carry you through the rest of the movie. Uh, if it doesn't, then I have the feeling that you might think that this movie is kind of slow and boring. Uh, Those
2: and who are wanting a slasher film type of horror should s- stay yeah. away from it. This is like a but I think movie. if you like movies with a story, you will, you will <laughs> like this movie. People who don't even like creature features, I think, could like this movie if, if more people saw it. You said earlier in the
1: review, and you're dead right, that it's the cast that was going to make this work, right? Mm-hmm.
2: The premise is,
1: I mean, it's executed differently, but it's not unfamiliar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, she turns out to be this immortal creature, and she does have to feed off people, and sometimes alley cats and whatever. Yeah. She's, she does, there's a price to pay, it's that classic vampire thing. Go ahead and fall in love with a vampire, but know that they killed thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people. And if there's anything the film doesn't address, it's that. The end of the movie is very romantic. Spoilers, please, if this sounds like a movie you want to watch, stop the review. You might now stop and now. Watch yeah. It. Yeah. But uh, if you're going to press on, here it is. She gives up her e- eternal life basically to be with him. Mm-hmm. When she chemically connects and falls in love with someone, she basically, instead of absorbing her eggs and living for another lifetime, mm-hmm. she excretes the eggs. That costs her her immortality. Mm-hmm. and she can spend her days with him and I didn't know
2: I honestly did not know which way it was going to go Neither in did most movies when I get to that scene I know which way it's going to go this one I, I did not know what was going to happen it, it, it surprised he me throughout
1: enough that he was like well if you're going to Wolf out turn into a monster and eat me let's just do that then yeah <laughs> like that's where he was at at that yeah. point.
2: I'm well and he's he's another one of these guys who has nothing left I mean this is there's no, no more you can take for me or so he thought
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, I like, and that's the ending. She she excretes it. I don't think we get to see what it is. We hear some sort of gourble sound, yeah. and it like drips into the ocean or something. And
2: I don't think I needed to see that. That that, that was great restraint choice. as a filmmaker to do that too. And this, you know.
1: So there they are together, you know, and you know on the beach, and they're gonna start their life together. He's no longer alone. She's no longer immortal. Credits.
2: I should say filmmakers. There are two directors. That's for this right. Way.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I love it, and I really got the feels from that ending. Mm-hmm. But she's this immortal creature, and like I said, she's been she's been alive for two thousand years or something mm-hmm. like this, and she's killed probably hundreds of thousands of people. Like, in the end, they have only really known each other for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and she's given up her immortality for him. Like. What happens two weeks from now when they have a fight over there? <laughs> You know, like... <laughs> the, well, that's, the, it's, know. it's going on into an uncertain future, and I'm not really seriously trying to be mean to the movie. Uh, it's... The, they play it up as a really happy ending, and it's the ending that we want. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, it's a more uncertain, risky ending than it is an aw shucks, flowers, and rainbows ending.
2: But n- no... And I, I like, like characters that. like that yeah 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 they'll, they will dimension <laughs> they will take the ultimate risk and yeah it's yeah it, it worked for me on i think even even more, i may like it even more than you do right. um because as you're sort of saying well it's not it's not the greatest thing i wouldn't completely i i like it and to me it's just a i'm not either movie either movie is a bad movie or it's a Right. or or it's a good movie and I think this is a very good film it Absolutely. doesn't matter if it's meant to be horror or meant to be romance I think it's as good as any
1: but it's not one of those movies if someone said I haven't seen Spring I wouldn't be like slap how dare you right? yeah. so you should check it out but yeah. like there's certain movies if someone says oh well I've never seen The Big Lebowski seriously yeah Yeah, you've made poor decisions (laughs) Uh, so those are the ones that i'll put in a special category where Mm -hmm. i'm like please please watch that movie for me i think like if what we've described sounds appealing to you yeah you'll absolutely like it but i stand by where i started this is actually more of a romance than it is a monster movie it's way, a really good more, romance, yeah. and it's a solid monster movie, but it's a better romance than it is a horror is. movie. And that's not that's not a bad thing. That's part of what makes it unique. But I think if you, again, it's one of those things, if you went in, coming, I want to see this lady vamp out and kill a bunch of folk, that's not what you're going to get.
2: And, and, and that's what I afraid, I was afraid that's what it was going to be. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like a hostile movie. Right. Where he gets trapped into something in Italy and then it's torture porn type right. of stuff. And I'm just so happy it wasn't that. And what I had hoped getting back to uh, Monsters Dark Continent is this type of thing. That once we get through the, the exposition, payoff. then there would be a little bit of a payoff for these characters. You found it. I I didn't hear this as far as what I wanted with this movie. It, it couldn't have uh, achieved... Achieve more. No. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's. Uh, I, I think it's a quite a strong movie, and it was a delight.
1: This is what low budget horror movies should be, right? Yep. Like, uh, use your strengths again uh, for as as, <laughs> as assets. Okay, we can't we can't afford to show the monster, right? Mm-hmm. So we're gonna cast this beautiful Italian woman, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see the monster slowly come out of her, but. She's going to be the character. She's going to be. We're going to like her so much that we have no choice but to like the monster. Yeah. And that's a great achievement, and that's something that movies that have twenty times the budget of this mm-hmm. movie do not successfully pull off. So high fives all around. I'm looking forward to whatever yeah. they do next. Frankly, like I will watch. Oh yeah, these guys yeah, do for next. sure. I,
2: I I want to look up. I also want to say that th- this woman can act. So oh, yeah. we were a little bit with uh, Laura herring we were talking about we're, we're not we're not quite character. sure she's got a great presence if she has a great character yeah. she's all right i i still don't know if she's a terrific actor but this uh nadia hilker is her name no, she, brings uh, it. she she could be cast in anything and, and i I don't know what else she's done but uh i and she was, is beautiful like you totally understand right away mm-hmm. like
1: uh, it's a hard thing to accomplish that Romeo and Juliet they see each other across the room and there's something magnetic right it's a romantic sort of idea but to actually achieve it is hard but I totally get that guy seeing her and be like yeah I gotta take some steps here yes right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and uh you're on his side you're on his side mm-hmm. and that's what the dower opening is for it's to get you on his side I and guess then, yeah poor and guy then in the, yeah right maybe they spend a little more time on it than they should but i liked i liked how italy seemed like this beautiful different world Always
2: <laughs> oh, yeah it's filmed so so well it makes as want it to can go always to italy. be oh yeah for want sure to go
1: to italy and find a monster <laughs>
2: i
0: can't see you but you, you smell beautiful did you just move next door Dolores! Dolores! Dolores!
1: None of the neighbors saw any sign of this assailant. It's just an animal attack. This has happened before. Attacks like these happen all the time. Please, stay in your house, keep the doors closed, until we sort this out, okay? So, personal bias time, okay? I love me the werewolf genre, mm-hmm. and it's an underfed genre, I think. And, uh, and much like every other creature feature, for every good werewolf movie, there's two or three shitty ones. <laughs> so, uh, I think that I was halfway home with this movie. Because the casting of Nick DeMency, who I really like from Stakeland, and the glass Eye picks production company, who support low budget horror movies, and almost anything that's come out of that production has been worth watching. Not all of them have amazing, but I've never really regretted my time with them. Mm-hmm. So you know I'm on board i was I was excited to check out late phases, and it it delivered, but much like a lot of the movies that we've talked about this time, it's kind of a character piece disguised as a horror movie. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can accept that, that you're really going to connect to it. And if not, you're going to be like, when's the werewolf going to get here? (laughs) Strange and interesting answer I think the closest movie, the movie that I kept on popping into my head when I watched this for the second time for the podcast is actually Don Coscarelli's Baba Hotep. Okay. where, Where you have Bruce Campbell playing an old Elvis in a nursing home who has to face off against a mummy and uh this battle basically gives his life new purpose that's kind of late phases here this blind veteran is put into an old age home by his son who loves him but who their relationship is somewhat strained um and he finds out that there is a werewolf that's feeding off of this old age community and that no one's going to believe him and that, as he has military experience and he's very capable, in spite of the fact he's blind, he might be the only person who can do anything about it that aggravated by the fact that the werewolf killed his only companion and best friend and his dog he he was upset about the neighbor too, but his dog really well i think he,
2: <laughs> he he had a bit of a crush on the neighbor
1: yeah he she was she was sweet to him, right, yeah, so Basically, he sees that he has, after that initial attack, he has a month to prepare himself mentally and physically mm-hmm. for a fight to the death with a werewolf. And in a way, you get this feeling like he knows it's going to be a fight to the death and that he wants it to be a fight to the death. And that this is going to be a way that this old soldier can go out fighting. Yeah. He's going to go out in a blaze of glory mm-hmm. instead of fading away. And in a way, this werewolf is good enough to give him that opportunity. So what I'm going to say, if that sounds like it'll work for you, fucking check yourself into late phases. Yes. Because <laughs> for me, that 100% worked. I like Nick DeMensi as an actor. Even though he's playing a younger man playing an older dude, I mm-hmm. get that. That usually bothers me. But for all the physical stuff that he's going to be asked to do, if you actually hired a senior citizen, he's going to break his fucking hip before he <laughs> finished the movie, right? So for me, this movie worked. I liked it the first time, but actually watching it the second time, it reinforced its qualities to me. Like, it, it hits. But like Spring, it's a slow burn. So know what you're getting into.
2: I think I like slow burns because I, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed this movie too. This one I, I would say, yeah, it's not perfect. I might talk about a couple things that annoyed me in it. But uh, it's just another one where uh, I think Nick DeMinch, uh how do you pronounce Diminci? it? Dim- Dimitri Yeah. His if you if you're on board with his performance, I, I really feel you're going to love this movie. Yeah. And I was early on, and to me it was kind of like if um uh if the Al Pacino character from Scent of a Woman, mm-hmm. right? Uh was being, kicked being yeah kicked out of the house. He's <laughs> sent to this uh, retirement community, and he had to battle werewolves. That's that's what it would Hoo-ah. be. And immediately, that's the character I thought of. Uh, and and I, I I like this that like they seemingly this is an older person. Uh, he has uh, he has a disability. You might say because of his blindness. But he has—he knows who he is. He has total confidence in what he's doing. He cannot be manipulated or controlled by anybody, and he figures the whole thing out basically in one night. Yeah. Um, and he also figures out this neighborhood in one night too, because he—he he meets this genuinely nice person next door, and very, very short performance because it was that She's night that she gets very killed. It's too. not a long very, <laughs> but then there's these other three women who show up to greet him. Right. And they're very, uh, very fake. And, and he sees through that and he just rips them a new one. And then they hate him immediately, which, but the one character in particular becomes a factor later on. And and they are a
1: little bit shrill, but I understand where, what their service is in the movie. Like where they play. I get why they're there,
2: right? Oh yeah, no, they, they, they have a, a purpose there, but he, he just realized, okay, I have no time for somebody like that. Um, They're not gonna help me <laughs> and he, he would not be necessarily the nicest person to talk to but his his commitment to to what he does and the skills that he has uh, And how he goes about doing what he does is is absolutely brilliant um, You know, I, I I don't think that the, the werewolf idea is all that subtle no. um, but where where they decide to set this and where the werewolf attacks uh, who the werewolf is? Even though I don't think it was too much of a surprise, we have kind of one false lead in there. Um, no, but I don't think it's. But to it's be- not. A, it's not about that. It's not about some big plot twist or anything like that. No. It's just it, it's a really interesting character study. Um, the payoffs are there. I think there's enough stuff that Spring might be a little bit of a stretch for hardcore horror fans. This right. one, I think there's enough stuff. Uh, that will get you through. Yeah, and it, and they go for an R rated. R rating here. Spring no, does we too. We don't
1: a get a lot of werewolf, but when the werewolves are around, it it's, looks good. It is, and it's pretty wet. Right? <laughs> like it's not a clean kill when you're getting killed by mm-hmm. a werewolf. I also noticed I, the second time. I would be interested to see like there's a lot of sort of silver in that mm-hmm. picture, mm-hmm. and I got the idea that these are two old dogs going at it, right? Yeah. Uh, the the werewolves preying on these old people. Maybe not because they're easy prey, right? If he was going after somebody who was young and capable, maybe he wouldn't be able to chase him down. Maybe he'd fight back, right? So it's kind of subtle, though, but I think it's there. I noticed it more Mm -hmm. in the second half that uh, that that werewolf was a little haggard. Yeah, you're not... not, It was kind of a nice touch, though, right? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. A
2: a defeatable monster, I think, you know, but... uh, yeah, it's such a clever idea. I totally agree with you. I'd, I'd like to see more more films from, from this group and from this director, and uh, I'm sure you could recommend some. Yeah. Um, it was the first one I saw, and I it probably 24 hours after we, we taped our last podcast, I saw this. It right. was gung-ho, and and then it's been a few months, and so I had to go look back at a couple things here. Because I did a couple notes where I was...
1: What there are a few that things mean? that annoyed
2: me a little bit, but... Right. Uh, um, I what what did you think about the last scene? Was it a little bit a little bit too too cheesy for you or?
1: It was hit hard, it was like a little heavy. Oh. I mean, okay, like he sacrifices his life to, to, to kill this, this werewolf. Yeah. Right. And uh, so his, his son discovers what's happened and basically the the scene tells the story. Mm-hmm. And the son kind of realizes what his father went through and that if his father had said, I'm preparing to fight a werewolf, no, he would not have fucking believed him. Right?
2: No, he wouldn't he's like, all... <laughs> right? oh my father's so, you know...
1: it's a really sad moment. And mm-hmm. I, I, I I don't know if it was a way for the movie not trying not to leave you devastated, because that guy went out the way he wanted to go out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's a win for him, but his son is still destroyed by it. Like he's upset. That's Ethan Embry, by the way. Yeah, he's
2: I... in um, the Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, uh, uh, um, TV Frankie, and Grace and Frankie. But plays you might Billy have Tomlin's first son. seen
1: him in the motion picture Dutch as the annoying little kid. Oh, he was the kid from Dutch. In in Dutch. Dutch. Oh, I didn't know that. Ed O'Neill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, he also had a one episode run on Walking Dead, but it's very memorable because oh, yes, yes. he gets his face peeled off. Yes, right. Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, but I I like that actor. I think he's good. He's also he's a good movie character. called Cheap Thrills, which I reviewed with Dorian. She hated it. I loved it. But I will still defend it. Check yeah. it out. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, that didn't bother me. I think by that time, Jason, I liked the movie so much that I was kind of resolved. That I like the movie. Well, yeah. This wasn't going
2: to... It was just to me the difference when I'm thinking about ranking six movies mm-hmm. here. Is is this number one or two or is this somewhere in the middle? Right. And I guess it, it was... Like, the the shooting at the moon thing. Mm -hmm. Like, that that action. I I was fine with the scene itself, but that just seemed like, okay. Too far? Too far. I I thought it was a little bit of a stupid way to end it, as opposed to Spring, which ended perfectly, and I mean... It ends in a more... You could could argue Willard has a a strong end as well for comparing all these films, but... Well, in Willard, he goes crazy, and like
1: I said, I kind of felt like he was crazy from the first time <laughs> we saw him. Yeah. Uh, there was much more of a journey for the dementia character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to give him a lot of credit. There's a lot of good acting the left and right and have cool character actors, even the old ladies, they, they, they weren't just some random oh, no, theater no. actors. These yeah. are all very distinguished people. Yeah. I think that the actual werewolf guy might, might actually have been overplaying it a little bit, <laughs> with his big red face and smile, <laughs> but what a, yeah, fun, yeah. what a fun role to play, but like he was just a little big but again it didn't spoil the meal for me like i get what he was going
2: i like to. the pastor too or mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's a he's been in several things tom uh, noonan he's so yeah.
1: weird he's in heat
2: yes he he's was yeah in the wheelchair in yeah heat. yeah i love that dude he always all he, he
1: has a strange vibe to it's him a very different presence weird, stuttery energy and he just can't not be sincere you always believe him mm-hmm. for some reason but he's also very strange Mm-hmm. I think he's, he's in the same strange, crazy atmosphere that Jeff Goldblum lives in. There's just yeah. Yeah. something a little off about that dude, but very watchable. I always like seeing He's great Colman. on film. I, I always like seeing Colman. I
2: was happy to see him in there, and it, I kind of knew what was going to happen with this character, but at the same time, it was... Yeah, he just has. There's something genuine about what he's doing. It's, That's the thing. The movie's not about surprising you. It's
1: not about scaring you. I guess. No. I guess this one does have a couple of pop scares. I was saying that this was a relatively scare-free list, but th- there's a little bit here.
2: But not well, for you and I. Like, by our standards,
1: like, these are pretty tame movies, mm-hmm. right? Um, I really like Spring. I really like Night of the Lone Wolf, but they're they're not scary horror movies. They're really great, entertaining, mm-hmm. engaging horror movies. Um, but, uh, I keep on waiting for that next descent to happen. This isn't it, but please watch it. Mm-hmm. This is another one that seemed to come and go. A lot of people like late phases. What's this? Um, that's actually a good point. In some areas, apparently it is called night of the lone wolf. Okay. Yeah. And in some places it's called late phases. And in my copy, it says late phases, colon, <laughs> night of the lone wolf. If you come across any of those titles, please check. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, for sure. Anything else you want to say about him? No, no, it's solid. I think uh, those who are interested in this type of movie, the, the, they they will leave satisfied. We found another good werewolf movie, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: We have a situation in Africa. There's been another attack. You've got i Worms? Well, sure as hell ain't Mickey Mouse. From Universal Pictures comes the next chapter in the Tremors saga. his back! Load every gun! Come to Africa, we'll have some laughs, see some games.
1: Tremors 5. Bloodlines. So Jason, here's the thing. I love Tremors. I love Tremors. By that I mean the 1990 original Tremors starring Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. And who would have known that that would have been such a potent comedic (laughs) combo. But I think that movie, at risk of sounding hyperbolic, is fucking brilliant. I really, really do. As far as that kind of cheesy B-movie monster Mm -hmm. thing that is both fun and entertainment and has some genuine thrills and great creature effects, almost an unbeatable sort of in its niche of movies. And then we have these five direct-to-video sequels, <laughs> and the sixth on the way this summer. And it's it's always been disappointing to me. I've always been disappointed to the with the Tremors franchise, and I always come back to the Tremors franchise <laughs> yeah. because I can't love quit it. it so much. I just can't quit you, Tremors. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's based. I was told anyway. It's based off of the. A, an original screenplay from the same writing team that, that helped bring us the original. Tremors. Tremors. The first, yeah. And they've been attached, at least peripherally, to all of these movies, which is why <laughs> I get increasingly, increasingly kind of frustrated by them. Mm-hmm. I think that the problem with the Tremors franchise is that because they couldn't attach themselves to Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward because they had legitimate careers to in <laughs> 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 That's mean, but it's true. <laughs> They decided to anchor the entire franchise on Gummer. Michael
2: Gross. Michael
1: <laughs> Gross's character. yeah,
2: The father from Family Ties. That's right.
1: And in the first movie, he and Reba McIntyre oh, are great supporting players. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say to this day, as supporting players, I love those characters. They're supporting players. I think putting Burt Gummer in the front seat of these movies was a mistake honestly i do i don't think michael gross is bad i just think that character should be in the in the supporting place he
2: had to take over the fred ward role after after the second one yeah yeah for three and one yeah
1: and he's been in everything since here's the thing they've changed up the monsters it's no longer just one underground tentacle monster they Mm -hmm. break into three screamer Mm -hmm. monsters that are heat sensitive which in turn turn into the ass blaster monsters that fly yeah. through the air by shooting fire out of their ass i i think for them these guys like the monsters they like designing the monsters mm-hmm. and uh they're more reliant the deeper into the series on cgi but i still i guess in a limited way stand by the they, they want to show you a new monster a lot and they're not just going to show you the same thing over mm-hmm. and over, and over again. Each, so, each movie
2: has a new evolution
1: or I, for me, I would have been happy to stick with them, but I appreciate what they're trying to do. They're trying to change it up, up their game, give you a new monster. But the humor in the first movie is always very charming and character and situation based, mm-hmm. and the humor in the sequels are a lot more pee and poop and fart. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, so I have to cling to the stuff that I like. What I like is the creature design and the action sequences, and I have to sit and put up with everything that happens in between. Mm-hmm. Jamie Kennedy is not much of an actor. (laughs) And the screenplay, the movie is called Bloodlines, really wants to shock us with the fact that he's going to eventually tell Michael Gross that he's his son. And it's the most telegraphed punch in the history of fucking cinema. It is brutal. (laughs) So... Here's how you should watch Tremors 5, and you should only watch Tremors 5 if you're a person like me. <laughs> you have to keep going with this story. Yeah. you just like, someday they're going to redeem this franchise, right? <laughs> right? Anytime they're not directly dealing with the creatures, skip to the next scene. <laughs> and then you'll have, I think, an amazing 40 <laughs> to 50 minutes. <laughs> Unfortunately, the movie is 96 minutes long. <laughs>
2: and this is a shorter one. Like A lot of them are in the two-hour range... In a time when movies like this are not are under ninety minutes, it's not
1: good. But on the right day, it's a good bad movie. That's where I start. Okay.
2: <laughs> I okay. So th- those who are listening to this who know me, um, just forget about everything you've thought about <laughs> with my movie tastes forever. <laughs> so I have a real soft spot for Tremors. The one that you're the one that you're a fan of. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when CTV used to show horror movies or kind of genre movies at midnight? Right. Yeah, and they don't seem to do that really anymore. Uh, and this this movie came on. I couldn't sleep because I'm not great at sleeping. And you know, kind of whatever. And it's got this uh, kind of south, you know, southwestern U.S. type of uh, look to it. And oh, you know, I. Kevin, Kevin Bacon I knew and I thought oh, Reba McIntyre's and this I'll, I'll watch this thing and, it, and the setup and everything and then the payoff I thought you know I'm really enjoying this. I'm <laughs> not this sure is this awesome. is necessarily the type of movie I normally watch, but there's this cast is good. this is, uh, this is a great idea for a movie. And then, and then I would go spend years going to video stores and every once in a while it's, you oh, know, there's Tremors 2, there's Tremors 3. Well, there was no theatrical release, so this probably isn't that fantastic. So I went many, <laughs> many years not watching any of them. these. So for this, this is how much I, you know, I care about this uh, this podcast. I went and I watched, refreshed myself on Tremors. I watched Tremors and I have watched all of the prequels leading up to Tremors 5 and what kind of surprised me about this um, was because I had such low expectations for each and every one of these sequels, there's a certain charm about Tremors I just cannot get past where I, I, I kind of like aspects of these. I kind of like, uh, I know you don't want him to be the guy who is you know the through line for the series, mm-hmm. but I kind of like Michael Gross in this role. Um, I just like to see him get work because i i don 't know I like to see what happens to these sitcom fathers after long after their shows are are that, done yeah and he 's done a lot of B movies and some of them a lot worse than than tremors he's and fine. so i was I was fine with them, and I even like four totally. I like this for what it for is. what it is yeah. I think they were out of ideas okay so let's go back into the past and go to when the tremors first showed up uh, and I, I kind of like that idea of the changing the name of the town to uh, you know it, that all worked for me this one from beginning to end I hate <laughs> it I, I just hate I thought Maybe maybe this will be the strangest list that I've ever uh, had on Larry's. Maybe this will not be number six. Everybody, when they see a five, and will think, okay, Jason's gonna go with that. This is the the, the worst. Uh, but I have no choice. And it's the stuff that you were so beautifully put a few moments ago. There's a scene where continuously for probably about ten minutes, something is peeing on Michael Gross. Yeah, and it's like he. I, I felt bad for him that at this point in his career, this is yeah. what he has to put up with. And the second that Jamie Kennedy came on screen, I was like, no, no. Couldn't, please, couldn't they have gone... Where's Carrot Top? I mean, you know like, couldn't they have gotten... You
1: know who would have been better?
2: Anybody. 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 <laughs> because they've had other people, not well-known actors too. There was... Who was the guy from a couple movies ago who's kind it's of the young hotshot who was yeah. supposed to be kind of like they, they always try to work it out so there's a Kevin Bacon type of character and a Fred Ward type yeah. of character and that's what's
1: missing because that's the heart of the first movie is the relationship between Val and Earl and yeah. their back and forth and how yeah. much we like them and uh, <coughs> Bert is like this divorced survivalist gung-ho mm-hmm. gun nut right and again, I think he's a useful tool to have, but that's not where I would have centered it. I get why they made that decision, because they can keep Michael Gross, my, it becomes mm-hmm. his franchise, and uh, yeah, I don't think he sucks as an actor, but you're 100% right. I think that there was a bit of, it was a kind of amusing sequence at first, he gets locked in this lion cage, and he's getting cooked by the sun, and he's starting to go crazy, and he's forced to drink his own urine. Yes. <laughs> but that's Without- I think I would have just rolled my eyes and let it go if he'd either poured the urine on himself or drank it or the lion or had pissed on him. All three of those things happen.
2: All, at the same time.
1: All three of those things happen. At the very beginning of the movie, a guy's crouching to take the crap and he falls into this hole, which sort of starts off... It's, it's, it's,
2: it's such so a bad... start. Juvenile. It's so juvenile. And the other ones weren't... had As bad that one. No, they had, they had some moments. moments like that, but not... The as
1: is a, was never a thing I wanted for the franchise like I just don't no. like that the, uh, I I like the uh, concept of the land shark and the floor mm-hmm. is lava you know like yeah. it's basically the adult version of the floor is love <laughs> yeah right? yeah uh so I think that you need to find either someone that can bounce off of Michael Gross in a comedic way where it's not about tension or it's not about reveals or conflict where they Balanariel is practically a bromance, right? Those dudes love each <laughs> other. <you>. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? And we love them because of that. And, and that's the heart is absent entirely. I'm going to throw a little bit... They shot this in South Africa. That's their sort of way to... The, to Mo- moving uh, it on. Change it up mm-hmm, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit... There's this one badass South African guy who's always talking about how, I'm invincible. I'm from South Africa. And then, of course, he gets brutally killed. And they tried... I'm not sure how successful they were to let some of that culture and color seep into the movie a little bit, to try in a way to differentiate it from the others. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, dude. like, I, I want to like the movie. That's yeah, what
2: I I'm can that. tell that you're, like, you're wanting I to. I want to like this movie. I kind of want to as well. <laughs>
1: yeah. So like, I'm cheering for the Tremors franchise, and like, I'm just like, no, you guys, do this a little bit, do that a little bit, because to my shame, as bad as this movie is, like... <laughs> The new Tremors comes out this summer, and I'm not like, oh my god, more tremors, <laughs> but I will fucking get around to watching it. It will happen. And that's maybe just my fault. That's my thing. To everyone else, I just have to go back to watch the original tremors. Treasure the original <laughs> tremors. And if you really want more, there is more. But diminishing returns does not save. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Two's is, is okay. Fred Ward was on for the second yeah. film. You could probably get something out of that. It's, it's yeah, it's certainly least not as good. Diluted of all of them, mm-hmm. I would
1: say, but it's still fifty percent of the movie that the original was.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: uh, I, I, I'm not recommending this movie to anybody but myself. But I, I guess what you're checking into is how much I wish this was better than it was. It's they're... got creepy monsters that eat people, and there's a twelve-year-old boy inside of me that will always like yeah. that. I don't know what that is, and like I say, the design of the creatures is kind of interesting. Like they're doing again. What 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 other movies do this? In
2: like, a- aliens kind of yeah. would or, would like, try
1: to uh... build the movie about designing a monster we haven't seen before and feeding a bunch of actors to it, right? Like, it's not, it shouldn't, shouldn't be such a complex formula, but it turns
2: out. <laughs> this is another one where they tried really hard to keep the PG-13 thing going, too. That's the whole in, franchise. And yeah. when they're, yeah, they they really hold back in what potentially they could do. But it goes back to the original was very PG-13 as well. Um, Hire a writer, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> now, there was an interesting character, again, I'm grasping at straws here, but there was that other south african character with a pilot and and he was kind of like the the bert uh Gummer of it. yeah because yeah. he just saw was it his son or something just got eaten by a monster but then he somehow it's kind of ridiculous how he survives this but he has the same kind of energy and enthusiasm to keep Keep on fighting after after he that. Sees
1: invert something, some sort of kinship, and they yeah. they up pretty quickly.
2: A and, movie about those two guys might have right, right been fine. And
1: that was the one moment of the movie where, like, when the giant worm jumped out and he swallowed him, and for a second it's thought, like, he no. was going to be dead. That was one was like, oh, that's too bad. I thought they were going to do more with that. Here's guys. the character <laughs> I care about. Right?
2: <laughs> Why well, couldn't have been Jamie
1: Kennedy? <laughs> yes i i hate to be this mean to jamie kennedy but dude you were good in scream and scream too and that's all that's that's all he, that's all that i've seen of him that's watchable he may be a passable stand-up comedian he did this documentary about heckler about how you know he is like the opposite of a fan base he has the anti-fan base <laughs> and if you want to put that shit to bed
2: stop making movies like Tremors. so like, i like The types of characters, he he makes himself out to be just a a giant douchebag. I don't know what
1: the appeal of the character is. He's not sexy. He's not particularly heroic.
2: He's not funny anymore. He's certainly not funny. No. (laughs) No. Uh, It's it's like somebody who, who is stuck in this high school persona. Yeah. And he's kept that... I don't know how old he is, He's in forties now or yeah. something like that, and it's it, it has zero charm.
1: And it's gotta suck, you know, that you're only getting offered things like Tremors Five and Son of the Mask. Like I get mm-hmm. it, I mm-hmm. get it. It's not an easy road to hoe. But uh, man, the screenplay didn't do any favors. Oh like, no, it, his defense, like this was, was the laziest of of <laughs> it's of brutal. the five. But there's not. He brings nothing. to No,
2: him. no, he doesn't. At least Michael Gross is trying. Yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, someone's trying. And uh, as long as their heart's there, I guess I'm gonna stay with them. But man, this is a low point.
2: It <laughs> is.
0: <Cheers. laughs>
1: Okay, a girl walks home alone at night. <laughs> This is a film directed by Anna Lily Amirpour. It's set in Iran, it's shot in America, it's, it's spoken in Farsi, and it's done in a beautiful cinematic black and white. Oh, yeah. It, it is a gorgeous movie to look at. Like, you could turn the sound off, and it would probably be engaging and still kind of make sense. <laughs> There's subtitles, even. Um... It's an interesting movie, and it was sort of the art house horror movie buzz of 2014. And I certainly understand the attention, and I would be interested to see what more is to come from this director. But here here you feel that butt coming. This is the question I want to pose to you. Is this an art film, or is this a horror film? Is it both?
2: I think it's both. I think it's both. It <clears throat> besides being a horror film, there's a bit of an homage to to westerns in there.
1: It's set in Bad City. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's just a weird translation, but that's what we get. The city is called Bad City. Bad City. city.
2: <laughs> yeah. I. Um. Yeah. I. I think it, it. It's both. I think the other thing that's kind of unique about it is it's. It's very feminist, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so it's probably why it had to be filmed in the United States. Um, is there there may be some people in Iran that were uh, not thrilled with this film? I, I don't know that for a fact, but uh, I have
1: to plead ignorance on a lot of the politics.
2: Yeah, I, I, I sort of don't know for sure <laughs> too, but uh, yeah, I, um, I I had a very unique experience watching this. I, I rented it off of iTunes. Right. <clears throat> there were no subtitles available. Oh no! <laughs> so I, I, but I thought this movie is so beautiful. From, I'm going to try to watch this film uh, without put it the together. without relying mm-hmm. on the English subtitles, and and see how much of it I get. There's this thing I once heard Steven Spielberg say, and he started off by saying, "No offense to writers, mm-hmm. but if you want to know." if a movie is well-directed or not, turn off the volume, watch the whole thing begin to end, and see if you sense. could follow the story. Right. And this holds up. Yeah. It's, uh, there were, I had, I got a couple of characters mixed up at, uh, early on, but mm-hmm. once I kind of sorted that out, I, I thought it was, it actually added to the experience to kind of not have to rely on on, on English. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to follow this story. I'm not sure a lot of people would, would do that. We've been trying to find some other way to, to figure it out. Um, but it was my concern in reviewing it that I wouldn't get enough information out of it. Out of it. But it probably of the six movies, it, it was, you know, As the, the one where, it could, uh, where I could be, um, could get the story and rely completely on how beautifully shot it is. I love black and white photography. Some movies have black and white photography just as an add on. I think this this movie had to be had to be told oh, this way. It's the shadows so and everything, it's it it's very well done. It is dark. Uh um uh, it's would you you know, I I think you could arguably say it's the darkest of the six films that we're looking at. Um
1: yeah, it exists in this fantasy land. I kind of feel like this isn't a real-world movie, right? This is, there's, there are broad strokes being played here.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. I wanted to start out because, like I say, I'm a fan of the filmmaker. I will watch whatever she does next. Yes. Everybody likes this movie more than I do. Everybody likes this movie more than I do. I, I think that its greatest strength is its cinematography and its mm-hmm. visual cinematic execution. You said you hated all the characters in Dark Continent. Mm-hmm. I did not connect with this couple at all. You didn't? I didn't. Mm-hmm. And moreover, I felt emotionally pushed away from the movie at times. And when that happened, then I had to start asking questions. And the second you start doing that, the second you start saying, What's with the scene where the chick dances with the balloon for five yes. minutes? <laughs> the whole fucking thing starts to fall apart. Okay. And I think this is a short art film that got stretched out into a feature and it was so beautifully executed that people miss the fact that there's barely a story. Barely a story that makes sense. It's almost Lynchian. And people who listen to the podcast know I tend not to react well to Lynch. Oh, really? Okay. So... I'm not giving this a thumbs down review by the way like I like it well enough but everybody seems like this is one of the most visionary innovative like great horror movies that they've seen they say that this like knocked uh, Let the Right One In out of the water and I think Let the Right One In is five times the movie (laughs) this is so our main character, uh, he is Arash. He's one of the only people who's allowed a name. The, the girl is called the girl. The girl, yeah. The father is the junkie. Yeah. The prostitute is the prostitute. The pimp is the pimp, right? Um, Arash, the first thing we see him do is he steals a cat from somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a fight with his junkie dad. Mm-hmm. And he has this car that apparently he's been obsessed with getting taken from him by his dad's drug dealer. He mm-hmm. starts out the conflict. Then we abandon him and we follow the girl for about 20 minutes and we learn her modus operandi, she, the way she stalks people, which is really cool, by the way. Mm-hmm. And she kills the evil drug dealer because we hate the evil drug dealer. Well, and he's... No harm I at mean, He's not just bad.
2: Stealing from prostitutes. He's... Terrible. A rapist. He, you know. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Cartoon
1: villain. So that we don't mind that she kills him. He's a bad person. She kills him. Right. Uh, that's the classic, the hurdle you have to get over. We talked about it in spring too. This woman kills people to live. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's, that's something that the relationship is going to have to address. Only it won't at all. In fact, the movie goes so far as to have her kill his father. Mm-hmm. He knows that she kills his father. And lets it go. That's a big moral dilemma at the end. I mean, didn't like it. Like when he finds his father dead in the street. They have this slow pan from the corpse up to the little boy who has found the corpse and then up to Arish the boy has brought to see his father. And it zooms in on him. And I'm waiting. What's it going to be? Is it going to be rage? Is it going to be anguish? What's it going to... And it cuts. It's nothing. So you wanted a, Same a thing off there. He sees that she has the cat. Why does she have the cat? Because she killed, killed his him. old mm-hmm. man. So we hold, we wait in the car, we're going on his face. There's a heavy silence between them. There's a good tension in it. He stops the car, he walks, he paces, and we're waiting. What's he gonna do? He's gonna do nothing. And the credits are gonna roll, and we're gonna say, Brilliant. No, you failed at story. You succeeded in atmosphere, you succeeded in character. You failed me in story. I'm a story guy.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I will watch the next movie and I will hope that it's a story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is a series of beautiful ghostly images and it's really an interesting watch. Like, I would recommend it to people and to certain people I would say, oh, you you would really fucking love this Mm -hmm. movie. But if you took the musical montages out of there and you took some of those scenic shots and the pumping oil shots out of Mm -hmm. there, this is a really amazing
2: short film. So you think if it was a short film, you would want I it a I more?
1: I would have probably seen a lot of the same flaws, but I wouldn't have been... A, it's 100 minutes, mm-hmm. and I think it probably wants to be 30 or 40. Okay. Um, and, and I understand, Jason, that I am in the minority opinion mm-hmm. on this, because I know people love this movie, and I get it. Like Like I say, I can't compliment the technique and the director of photography and, like, I don't think the acting is bad necessarily, but I don't feel connected or warm to any of these It's very
2: characters. stylized.
1: Yeah.
2: So, I'm I, I I'm don't... Blue we're we're, we're going to be... Um, <laughs> in a different place? I think we're in a different place with this one, but I'm not sure it's as big a difference as with Dark Continent. Right. Uh, my My initial reaction was very much that this... This may be—I hadn't watched all the movies. It was coming kind of in the middle of the pack. Watching this, this may be the best of the six that we look at. Right. Um, but I've had a little bit of time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Now I—I I love David Lynch. If you don't, you know, we would be in different places with David Lynch. So maybe that's why I was willing to accept some of the more, more surreal moments in there because I—I kind of I thought it was you know what's the purpose of this I'm trying to figure this out I'm you know kind of enjoying that, and I'm enjoying enjoying the visual of it as well uh, you yeah, know this is not an emotional or sentimental movie at any point I think the acting is very uh, stylized the fact that the other than the main character they all have you know girl pimp you know yeah. other junkie yeah. some aspect of what their personality is they, they were not meant to necessarily be Beautiful characters Full characters Um, so I I think you're consistent in that I kind of like the idea of this woman going around and killing men who do horrible things and in the case of the father and I know you want the emotional reaction from the son and I don't think this was the world's greatest father to be honest of course not no he's using his son from beginning to end and that's where the probably the like I don't I I could see him, I I don't know how to react to my dad's death type of thing in there in that moment to have, he's going to burst into tears or he's going to start smashing things. I I don't think that would have, for this particular guy, would have worked. If not for the fact that
1: the day before he kicked his father out of the house, he gave him a stack of cash and a stack of heroin and said, take it. And never enter this house again. So, you think the
2: guilt should Within have been. Within 24 hours,
1: there. he finds his dad dead on mm-hmm. the street. Mm-hmm. He's got to own a percentage of that. Mm-hmm. He has to. That's the other thing with this uh, Arash character. I think the reason we're asked to like him is that he's good looking. Because, yeah, his dad may be a junkie, but he has no problem selling drugs to other people. Mm-hmm. When he sees that his dad's drug dealer dies, mm-hmm. he doesn't say victory. He steals the dude's drugs and money and takes up his job. Yeah. Right?
2: Okay. I mean, like, he, he, no he's kind of a shoot. bullied character at the beginning, though. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's maybe why I, but I... he steals cats. He steals drugs. If he yeah. wasn't
1: good looking, like, what, what what would we have here?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just when he gets totally ripped apart by the drug dealer in the early scenes... I think that was enough for me to kind of cheer for him a little bit. But all of the him. other aspects you're talking about are totally valid, and I think when the guy steals his car and he punches the wall out of frustration, yeah. and he breaks his freaking hand. Like, he shows more yeah. love for the car than he does for his father. Right. Right? You're right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, my my other thought on why this is such uh, in in I, I wanted to see it for years, but I didn't get around to it. Get around to it. I like the poster. It was such a mysterious poster. Yeah. And I felt like this was something I should have watched before this, but I, I just hadn't. Didn't get around to it. Fair enough. Uh, I almost wonder, like you said, you know, the politics of things, I, I wonder if the fact that it was a, a film by a, a woman from Iran Maybe I would is the reason that, that and th- there aren't a whole lot of women that are successful in the horror genre in general, yeah. no matter where they're from. Um, there's can be can be some a lot of censorship in iran yeah. and so that film industry is really kind of booming the ones that they can sort of get out of the country and we've we've seen that several of the foreign language film winners of the last few years have come from iran uh, and we're finally getting that kind of perspective on life so i think some of that stuff played into the success of this film mm-hmm. uh i also kind of related some scenes i don't know why kind of to the the sin city Really? Movies, yeah, just some of the white black and, and white bad city? and Bad City and and the characters and and and, and the violence. Sin City I, is
1: a much more masculine world. It's a mu- much it is it is
2: loyalty. for sure, and they, I don't know how much money they, but they certainly had more money, I think, to to make those movies yeah, than than this. Gonna, I don't know that, well, and the A list cast that they could uh, mm-hmm. that Robert Rodriguez can assemble. So I like I, I like some of the simpler scenes, the quieter scenes when when they're when they're listening to music. Mm-hmm. Did you like that scene or not? I,
1: I, it was effective and it's typically the kind of thing that I don't like she literally drops the needle and she plays mm-hmm. an entire song practically yeah. and they just slowly walk to each other and embrace and that's all we got for that scene. Right? And neither
2: of these characters are oh, really that comfortable, I think.
1: Also, sorry to just jump all over the place. Yeah. He's high as fuck when he meets her. For oh, he is, time. yeah. He's yeah. out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, and I think that might be like, initially he would have been a victim, but there was something off about the exchange. I love the way that this girl stalks people, like mm-hmm. she mirrors them.
2: Oh, that was so good. They that talk was so about cool.
1: it in the Anne Rice books. It's one of the few things that I liked about the Anne Rice books. Some of the dark powers that they have is that they'll mirror your actions, so you try to evade them and, and you can't, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it was interesting the way she did that I found the power of the girl as she is played by Sheila Band is her name mm-hmm. she was always more powerful when she was quiet oh yeah. uh, uh, she has very little to say in the movie it was almost to the point that she said so little it would have been interesting if she was mute <laughs> like there was mm-hmm. she has like maybe a dozen lines in the whole mm-hmm. movie um, I'm sorry if I cut you off though too it's okay I think that the, the scene that I really did connect to because I'm coming off cold on the movie and I don't I like it. I just don't understand. You think it, it could have
2: been way better than I it is? I really do. And you, you want to live up to the reputation it has. I do. And maybe have
1: because of the reputation, I was waiting. All right, movie impress me. Mm-hmm. I think the most impressive scene. It's kind of a weird, sweet scene. I guess it's the closest thing to that scene I was talking about in, in Spring, where she's ghosting him for a second. You're like, mm-hmm. no. He steals these earrings to yes. give to her. And he gives them to her, and her ears aren't pierced. Ian, oh. And so she asks him to pierce her ears, and it's a real bonding moment between the mm-hmm. two of them. And they don't take; her, she doesn't take her home and get like a. He like whips out a bobby pin and a yes. bow <laughs> and stabs it in her ear, and she digs it. <laughs> yes. And uh, I really liked that scene because we had two characters connecting, and I got that. She was really uh, touched that he got him this gift and she wanted to wear the gift. Mm -hmm. And if it cost her pain, great. And if he inflicts that pain, kinda sexy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That scene really worked for me. Yeah. Uh, And there's flashes of brilliance throughout the movie. That's why I say, like, please, please keep doing what you're doing, girl. I will watch your next movie. Mm -hmm. I will say that a girl walks home at night is good and in it, I see the potential for greatness. But largely, I think it's a little bit overhyped.
2: Maybe I still. So there's there's so much I liked. I bought the romance, and I I like the fact that she could kill him. Mm-hmm. But then she sees, and I guess I'm seeing more of his good qualities than you did. Um, that he is not like his father, like like the pimp. He's He's not, he's not using anybody. No. I mean, he, he ends up selling drugs, and that's, I feel, purely for for survival. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but if you're, if you're spending your days telling your dad that he's a pathetic junkie, and, and, like, how can he... Why do I have to be the parent? He basically says to yes, him that yeah. at one point. Yeah. How can he then turn around and inflict that? Like, his harsh judgment on the pimp character mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, the pimp calls his dad a pathetic junkie, and he says to the pimp... Well, who made him a pathetic junk junkie, right? The drug dealer. Mm-hmm. So to then, a few scenes later, become that guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I had a hard time siding him. The, most thing, the thing he loved most of all before he met the girl was his car.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you bring up some good points. And, you know, I, I've watched this once. I haven't right. watched it multiple times. And That's so the next twice, time I see yeah. it, I want to keep some of these things in mind. Um, I'm not trying to So I, I, it <laughs> I, and I don't think I have quite the love of it that everybody else does, but you I remember it's, so. it's, it was a, had was a great reputation mm-hmm. when it came out. Um, but it, it looks fantastic. It looks fantastic. And I didn't mind the acting as far as the stylistic pieces. And again, it may be more of a thing where I, I do like that David Lynch type of thing. And there was a bit of that in there. Um, Nothing good works for a date
1: movie, by the way. This in spring, if you were like wanting to mm-hmm. have a date night with a girlfriend and she was maybe only lukewarm on the genre, I think you could sneak these ones under the mm-hmm. radar. Spring, I think a
2: little bit more yeah. than this one. Yeah. But, but yes, I. Please. Watch yeah, there's a, there, there's a nice romance in it. i I'd, I'd. Please yeah. watch it. Yeah. Please yeah. watch it. <laughs>
1: How to rank them. Mm-hmm. I can tell from our conversation that we're definitely
2: not going to go six for six. I, I'd be surprised. But maybe we'll go
1: zero for six. <laughs> yeah, who's to say? Zero prize for that. <laughs> yeah, who's a booby prize? <laughs> Punch um, in the face. I don't know. I We disagree. I think obviously our sharpest disagreement is Dark Continent. Big time, yeah. Um, it, it surprised me. It surprised me. I always go in shields up with sequels too. So, you know, uh, it depends on the way the movie's fed to you. This is a movie that came and went. Nobody mm-hmm. saw it, right? Mm-hmm. And I just watched it out of affection for the original. Whereas that girl who walks home at night, I'd heard all of this great stuff about it before I came to sit into it. And you can never underserve how much that can feed into your experience of a movie. So the movie. expectations. Yeah, I yeah. was expecting mm-hmm. to be knocked over by a girl that walks home at night, and I was expecting to be kind of meh on dark Continent. Right, and maybe that expectation is mm-hmm. what affected my rank. But you don't get to hear my rank until I hear yours. <laughs> yeah, sure, so your sure. <laughs> what was your least favorite of these? Oh, three I am
2: just gonna shock everybody with this one. Trimmers five bloodlines. What? No. <laughs> I, oh. Real surprise there, but yeah, for me, um, it's interesting that there were some Tremors movies that you liked less than this one. But this is my least <laughs> favorite Tremors movie. But again, we're we're dealing with a very different league right. of films here once we get past the uh, the first one. So every
1: other movie on this list is significantly better
2: than Tremors. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, my number five, it's at least professionally made. Yeah. I think it's it's well directed. I just had That's issues great. with. Uh, characters with the characters is Monsters Dark Continent so it's not a surprise it's low on my list I'm guessing it's higher on yours and I, I don't know if I'm being too hard on it but I just feel like they 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 look like they had more to work with than some of the other films we were looking at and I don't think they did did service to this I, I don't agree that there there won't be another Monsters movie I'm sure it might take like... them a decade to, to get the money together for another one but I think there'll be another one me at up. Some, some point and I will see it too, yeah. and I will hope to like it, because yeah. I think there is there is something there, but it's I I I think my my bias comes from the first movie because yeah. I like the first movie so much. Yeah. a lot you know and that could be part of the Tremors thing too yeah. is that I saw enough bad ones and that my yeah. expectations were so low but this was beyond beyond bad so so five is Monsters Dark Continent number four it's really interesting so the the rest of the four i've just spent the last few minutes reworking my list and i don't normally do that normally i'm pretty, pretty locked, in. locked in on a list um uh so one that i was considering for number one is actually down to number four willard is number four for wow. me um i think I'm willard surprised. is the most hollywood film it's professionally put together it's well directed uh i i enjoyed it a lot uh I'm not sure it was a stretch for any of the actors, yet the actors are very good at these types of roles. So it may be four, but I would say see the movie anyway. My top four are ones I would give a thumbs up to. Absolutely. And I, I wasn't sure when I... Agreed to do this list if there would be any that I would like. So <laughs> so, so I'm happy that it. four of the six uh, worked well that's for me. That's a good ratio. It, it, it's people all right. Have, people have done
1: far worse so, on the shows. So. Then,
2: then the other one, another one I was considering for number one, but uh, you know, I, I think you bring up a lot of points about a girl walks home at night. So right. that's number three for me. Right. Just to me, it's just too beautiful and it appeals to some part of my movie going brain Mm -hmm. that that i really like and i I do like surreal scenes and i like having to figure something out um i'll I'll maybe watch it again with subtitles (laughs) this time (laughs) now that i did that little experiment to see if that changes my perspective uh, and particularly about the main character because i early on i kind of felt for the guy in some way and some i was able to ignore some of his other bad traits and then I, I like the romance in there, and I like the quietness of the romance listening to music and you described the the ear piercing scene was yeah, it's beautifully done. so there was enough in there for I, I couldn't put it as fourth right. and I started to think about Willard a little bit more yeah. so they're very, very close there. number two, wow. and this was more kind of is this going to be fourth or where is this gonna be but late phases? I really like that and I think my initial criticisms it, with it being the first movie mm-hmm. in this list that I saw. Uh, we're a little bit too hard. Right. Um, I, I, again, the the lead performance is so good; yeah. uh, it's it's well worth it. It's not a well known movie, and I'd like more people to see it. So, Absolutely. so if we can put it in the top two, can help promote it. Uh, I with the power that we all have here. Yeah. Um, it's fabulous. And then number one for me was Spring. Um, was just a, a great great it. surprise. Yeah. It isn't really a horror movie; it's a romance. Um, but it does have creatures, it qualifies, it makes sense in this list of films, uh, but it's more successful as a romance, but I just think it's a terrific film. Yeah. Again, not many people know about it, but I think of the, of the six, more people who go to see this, whether they like a, this genre or not, yeah. are going to be satisfied with it. That's a good list. Curses. To
1: Tremors Five Bloodlines, because I think if not for Tremors Five Bloodlines, you and I would have gone zero for six. Oh,
2: okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but we've agreed on the worst one
1: every time. But. On the worst one. Here's the thing: like, I you could tell in that review, I was scrambling to find reasons to endorse Tremors Five. I don't know why. I stick with the Tremors franchise. I really do think my daddy took me to see Tremors in 1990, Mm -hmm. and it was just such an amazing experience for me. Like, I've spent the rest of my life trying to relive it or something. It's gotta be, it's gotta happen. By the fifth permutation, they've come so far from where they've started that it is a little disillusioning. And yet, sign me up for Tremors 6. Like, I officially have a problem. Uh, Tremors 5 is what it is I watched it You make your own decision Okay <laughs> I was surprised that you said That you considered Willard for number 1 I'm putting it all the way in 5th position mm-hmm. I, I I like it fine um, But like It was no stretch For Arlie Ermey to play a loudmouth asshole mm-hmm. It was no stretch for a crisping lover to play a weirdo right like yes um and in a lot of ways the rat stuff was some of the less interesting bits of the movie we spent most of our review talking about the performances almost none about But the cat sequence yeah. is
2: impressive yeah. and
1: it's charming it's fun and it certainly doesn't deserve to be dismissed the way it has it's like it's been wiped off the books entirely this movie never happened. yeah I, I had no
2: idea it's <laughs> too until i go to find it and- <laughs> Like, but I'll save the easiest one for the end. Nope, that was. There are so many worse horror movies and so many worse oh, remakes yeah. than this. It's
1: mm-hmm. it's ranking in fifth place, but that's more about the quality of the other movies than the lack of quality. Okay. To, to this one, for me, here's where it gets controversial. Though, all the way in fourth place is where I put a girl who walks home alone at night, mm-hmm. and again, I really I enjoyed it, and I, I I I I hope I didn't sound as negative as it seemed like I did want to review. It's just. It's one of those things when everybody loves a movie, you sort of feel lost in it. And I have that same reaction to Moulin Rouge. Everybody was just telling me how Moulin Rouge was this game-changer amazing movie. And I mm-hmm. fucking hated it. I just mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't understand. In this case, I didn't hate it. I was just like, everybody calm down. We have yeah. found a really interesting new filmmaker here. That's the real That's world. the good news. Yep. Yeah. That's the good news here. And, uh, and I do think it's worth watching.
2: Well, so, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I get... Could- a lot of heat because I hated Gladiator and still hate yeah. Gladiator and oh, everybody else it.
1: That's a three star movie that got five stars. I had to give it one star. <laughs> I hated it. So, um, now I'm going to disagree again I guess but again all of these movies in the bottom half of the list big fan. of. Mm-hmm. Third place and put in spring. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it's, it's a lovely romance and I think that the monster movie works and I'm just cheering for these filmmakers. Once again I will keep an eye on these names. Next thing they come out with be it a romantic comedy or a kids movie whatever they do I'm interested to see it I'm interested to see it uh, would you but, call it the
2: most original of the list?
1: yeah I think so I mean there's a vampiric quality to the relationship it is, yes. like there she feeds off of people and she's kind of a dressed up vampire and we've seen lots of movies about people falling in love with vampires in fact there's two of them there's one of them on this list mm-hmm. um, I don't I, I think it's really the warmth that kind of sideswiped me Mm-hmm. how much I cared about that relationship yeah that's not what you expect when you sit down to watch this monster movie no not at all. and it really worked for me so. but here's where you get mad <laughs> all the way in second place I'm wow, playing Dark yeah. Continent and uh it's an ambitious monster movie like we don't see I think whether or not you think it was successful it was trying to say something and uh it was you know naive poor kids from poor neighborhoods are recruited into the military to go fight wars that they do not understand for reasons that they do not understand and that happens every day it's not as fucked and crazy as this but it does happen and your avatar movie fans won't think about it Unless it's presented to them in a package like this. Mm. Because they're not going to watch American Sniper, right? They're not going to watch The Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Or even
2: some of the Michael Moore documentaries. or Jarhead or or anything like
1: that. About people who are sent to the middle of nowhere where they go crazy. Or maybe they were crazy before they went there. But like the chaos of the world, the violence of the world, the fact that I did care when these guys got killed off. Not because they were great people, but because of how much they loved each other. That medic when he fails to save his best friend who's got his legs blown off, blown off and is so upset that his friend died in his arms. A few scenes later gets really coldly blown away by a sniper. And by that time, it's such a shocking sudden moment when he dropped over. I was like, this was a rock sunk in I was like, That sucks.
2: You were you were so su- that sucks. You're surprised by that? I wasn't
1: surprised that he died, but it it sucked. Uh, that happened to him, and I—I I felt it, and I felt it in a way I would in an actual visceral like war movie. And uh, this
2: is—I I felt it. I didn't feel it was a monster movie. I thought it was a war film. Uh, and maybe I'm being too unkind here, but that stuff was handled in movies like Platoon way, way better. Yeah, but it's Naive not, it's people. It's a are,
1: genre movie. It's still being a mm-hmm. genre movie, but it's saying things. the war
2: movies are genre. Movies. Yeah, but
1: it, it's, it's saying things that would be in a platoon movie, but in this sci-fi monster sort yeah. of Yeah, and stuff.
2: your idea is to get that message to horror the, movie fans. You're sending
1: that message to the
2: Friday the 13th crowd. Who will not see platoon or... Exactly. Well, yeah, as far as if you feel that was the intention, mm-hmm. that's a noble intention. Yeah. I just didn't see that at all.
1: Um, and then moving on, another military sort of theme movie. I, I got... Completely sideswiped by late phases mm-hmm. and when I said at the beginning of the movie like I'm a I, I love a good werewolf movie And they're a rare find mm-hmm. like you can find werewolf movies, but a really good one that you can sink your teeth in and enthusiastically recommend There's, there's an American werewolf in London and there's this one and maybe silver bullet if you can tolerate some 80s <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. but like the, the, you the like you could count it on one hand. They're really delicious yeah. horror movies yeah. and add this one to that list I yeah. gave it the number one place because it overperformed for me. It owes a lot to Bubba Hotep. Like, mm-hmm. I really... I, I didn't say that glibly. I do think that they borrowed a lot from Bubba Hotep. Okay. But I like that movie, too. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. So that's my I, list. And I, I we disagree, but other than Dark Continent, I think we're pretty close. Yeah, we
2: we, we were pretty close. If it wasn't for, like, just a couple moments in late phases, it, it could have been number one for me. Yeah. I, I just hated the last moment. Right. You know, and and to me, the last moment is what's going to stick with me. Right. They left um, you in the wrong place. Yeah, and just some of the some of the characters were a bit much, as you said. You know, the the villain is not really all that subtle. Uh, <laughs> where it was, it was a lot more to me, a lot more complex in in spring.
1: I was raised in a lot of ways by a lot of veterans. Too, uh, my, my my grandparents took care of me a lot of time in the summer months, and they were involved with the Legion of Frontiers and a bunch of veterans doing work for other veterans yeah so I, uh, I i think i might have identified with the mindset not that any of them wanted to die in a blaze of glory yeah but the idea yeah. of in the late stage in their life being able to reclaim this former yes. nobility and glory and having that being their identifying characteristic as opposed to sitting and slowly drinking mm-hmm. themselves into oblivion which not feeling helpless yeah. uh, i i connect to that yeah and uh like I felt, I I gave me the feels. I was yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was sad for him and happy for him, kind of simultaneously, and it's mm-hmm. a, kind of a complex twist. So, um, yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't d- disagree with your yeah. number one choice. Your number two choice, yeah, I've yeah, I have issues, with, but that's. <laughs> if we
1: agreed on everything, it would be a boring podcast. It would, be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming back again and yeah. doing some creature features with me. Thanks. And, it was uh, fun. I have this feeling like maybe we'll do it again someday yeah I think so <laughs> thanks Jason and so we come to an end of another episode of Rank and Review thanks again to Jason DeBray for sitting in and talking six creature features with me uh, sorry we ended up fighting again Jason but what are you gonna do um, please send me your feedback. Let me know what I got right, what I got wrong. Am I, am I totally wrong about Dark Continent? Am I totally right or wrong about a girl who walks home alone at night? Please let me know at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Please check out the website at rankingreview.ca for Canada, and definitely continue listening to Ranking Review. Please tell that other movie fan in your life about the show, and we'll catch you in about two weeks.